It's us. Right, so welcome everybody to episode nine. Um, you shouldn't even be saying welcome. You weren't there. <laughs> I'm welcome. I'm welcome on myself. Welcome in to episode nine. <laughs> uh, so in this episode, um, Aiden wasn't there. And I, I, I just sound sick. Yeah. Uh, I'm nursing a cold for the last two weeks. So apologies if I sound a wee bit under the weather. This episode. I had to record on my own because Aiden was away doing other stuff. What were we doing, Aiden? Um, I was busy having a wane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just had Was a... it sore? It was. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I just had a, a new baby geared. Um, so my hands were fairly, fairly well tied up. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. Um, yeah. uh, so episode nine, what? exactly did you cover i have listened to it back like but <clears throat> it was it was more of a casual conversation than uh you're anything technical you're better at extracting the the more scientific information out of people and keeping a bit of structure to a podcast um as you'll probably hear i struggle to control everybody <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we did have a set of questions and a bit of structure before we went on but it kind of just turned on the a, a bit of crack and mm. rambling, and and that was it. Devolved in the circus. <laughs> no, I'm gonna joke. It was a bit of crack. It was a good. It was a good listen. So I, uh, it was Nicola and Gronya were coming on to speak about. Um, I think that the idea was initially to talk about injuries, because mm. um, Nicola's just recovering from an injury herself. Gronya's a, a well experienced runner. And then on the day of the podcast, when Aiden pulled out, we had a free seat down here. Um, so Eddie stepped in and filled his place. Eddie had just completed a Strictly Come Dancing competition with Nicola. They had won it the week before, and I think, really, he just come on to slabber about them as one. But Eddie's a, a, a experienced triathlete as well. So um, it was good. It was good to hear how they train. Um, they're more of the elite level um competitors mm. um but a few a few interesting points to take away it was it was um i had a laugh at eddie saying he takes painkillers on the starting line of the of the any of his races you know i was actually raging that i must stop it because <laughs> um i would love to bring up the the story that i've been trying to bring up <laughs> with everybody nobody uh, wants to no, talk no, about no, it uh, nobody's biting at all um <laughs> With Nicola, they see what you would have thought about it. Like, um, what is the story anyway? It was a. I saw anyway. I don't even see that coming. I'm just, I'm just that keen they talk about this story. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, never. <laughs> Maybe you could come and do a wee podcast on your own. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was it. Um, and you can listen away to this podcast, but. In all our news, we've been training away, sticking sticking to the training plan so far. Dying with a cold, but still training through it. I don't know if, I don't know if I should be training through it or resting up. What do you reckon? Um. Well, ideally, you would want to be resting and recovering. Uh, um. But unfortunately, when event of the scale, every session must is a is a uh, must opportunity. So unless. Unless it's it's really debilitating and you're going to do more harm than good, I think you should just keep up the roads. Like, ironically, I actually feel a lot better as soon as I start training, and mm. for a couple of hours after, 
I feel fresh and then I wake up the next day like I get hit with a bus. Yeah. But I can still train perfect. Um it's just just a bit of a head cold. I went out and conquered Lock Salt over uh, the weekend. So the infamous Lock Salt. The infamous Lock Salt. That was, it was honestly wasn't as bad as I thought it would have been. Right. Um I think I built it up in my head that I was gonna be cycling vertically up the side of some uh. whereas it was a steep enough climb. Um and it, it, it was tough going at the top, but I'm so glad that I've got it under my belt now. Uh, I know exactly what they expect when I get there. And like I say, it wasn't wasn't as bad. I know I'll have a half marathon and a kayak leg under my belt the next time I'm hitting it, but it's done anyway. Mm. It's done now. So it's better that you were overestimating it rather than underestimating it. <laughs> That's it. And then, <laughs> sorry, the study with Noel Brick. Oh, brilliant day. So we went up to Belfast, Ulster University. Noel invited us up to. Well, Noel didn't invite us up. We, uh, we contacted him to see if we could come up. Yeah. Um, well, he did, and we extended invitation after we coerced, uh, coerced him on it. <laughs> so the the event was sold out, and we kind of brass necked messaging him saying, um, "We know you. Can we get free tickets?" <laughs> <laughs> um, and and to be fair, we got on, so it uh, was brilliant. We do appreciate that too, Noel, if you're listening. Uh, um, it was really good, like loads of stuff to to take away from it. Um, we we taps we small taps on um the whole psychology of endurance running. Um, it was a it was a really good setup. They like I was expecting to come up to a a lecture, uh, but really what it was was they had a presentation set up, but they had a panel. Uh, it was an um, interactive panel, uh, just basically. Really, really interactive with the crowd. There was maybe four or five PhDs, mm. two elite athletes. Um, yep. So loads taken away from it. Uh, loads. <coughs> um, caffeine was a big one. The, the mm. I come away thinking, geez, I need to start taking <laughs> caffeine. Caffeine. <laughs> caffeine tablets. Under me. Yeah. Uh, uh, they were really uh, pushing that, weren't mm. they? So it be interesting to delve a bit deeper into that and find out exactly what we should be doing in the training plan. And then, of course, we have the, the study coming up as well. So, how many weeks? We're about four weeks out from starting in the, the study. Of, oh, is it that close? That's, that's uh, brilliant. So, really looking forward to that. Uh, so we have talked about the study, haven't we? I can't remember. We'll not go too much on that, but Noel, who's heading up the study, is actually coming on the podcast we can talk next about week, so we can chat about it then. Yeah. But though there will be loads to take on from, from that. Um, A good thing from that. I know we'll talk about this next week, but one that just sticks in your mind is the smiling. Ah. They were saying that um, they did this study and they found that uh, participants in the study who smiled had like a, it was something like a 5% increase in performance. Yeah. When they smiled, when they got that urge, they stop. Uh, as opposed to people who didn't smile when they got the urge, they stop ah. or slow down. Which was... There, there was loads and loads of wee tips like that. Um, it was saying one about your arms tensing up when, you know, you're you're getting near the end of the marathon. You start to really tense up, and then just imagining that you're holding crisps in your fingers, <laughs> right. but tight enough they hold them, but not tight enough they break them, and that yeah. kind of relaxes your hands. Um, I was actually practicing that on the treadmill already, and that your arms do do relax mm. up. I tell you what, a good <coughs> learning experience came from that too was we seen that guy with a recording device when he was up. Ah. We really should have had one of those because a lot of it's good that the both of us went up because we can remember different bites of information. Ah. But really, you don't you don't 
you don't retain all that much. You really no. need to be listening to it a few times. Definitely. It really takes on away from it. Like. Yeah. It's all a learning curve. We'll know next time. <coughs> is there anything else? We need to talk about, <coughs> has, has there been any more donations? No, we haven't had any more donations. Bar Aiden carried out a wee fundraiser on his Facebook page and managed to raise 300 quid there last week, which is amazing. Um, brings us a huge step forward towards hitting our goal of raising 3,000 euros. And then we have a wee fundraiser next Tuesday. Yes. Not sure how that's going to go, but we're going to attempt, well, I'm going to attempt a nine-hour endurance event in the gym. So basically just nine hours of non-stop uh, rotation between the treadmill, a row machine, and the uh, um, static bike. So I'm looking forward to that. I was messaging Nicola actually about this event because she's a doctor, and I was saying, you know, what's what's the risks here if uh, you know do, trying to do this indoor nine-hour event? And she was saying, what well, why are you doing it basically? So I was thinking we're just over three months out now from this. 24 hour endurance event I think a 9 hour session will be a good indicator of where we're at right. physically on top of that and again it's a nice controlled environment if I do collapse or, or you know drop unconscious yes. at least there's people around me I'm not at the top of Lock Salt or something like that so nice controlled experiment to see where I'm at basically right. and speaking of that we can do a hydration protocol yep. just obviously it's not going to mimic the conditions but it will mimic the time uh. so we can weigh each transition and give it and document how much weight you lost in between. Yeah. Um, and how much water total that you've consumed yeah. for the whole session. <laughs> and we'll see what kind of rid you're, you're losing water. <coughs> On top of that, we can, we can practice fueling up uh, um, transitions, practice everything. We'll bring um, we'll bring transition boxes and we'll bring gels yeah. and we'll bring, we'll treat it like a like a controlled experiment eh? uh, so that's this week uh, and we'll try and we'll try and get a couple of like Facebook live streams and all going mm. while that's happening so people can see how tight I'm getting it at some yeah. stages and if you want to come in if this is going out before uh, if you want to come in to the gym and tag along and do a leg with Blaine uh, just land on in and do a leg y- uh, you'll see you'll get a gauge of a time frame anyway on on Facebook live streams and stuff, so just uh, land on do, you, do uh, a half an hour. Come on, have the bike beside me and give me a bit of support. Mm. And obviously, if anybody else wants to make a donation, you can find the, the donation to the Ultraism page on the AidenDartyFitness.com website. And obviously, all proceeds are in aid of Self Help Africa. <coughs> that is us, I believe. Um, us. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. <laughs> Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend Blaine, Nicola, Grania, and Eddie your ears for episode 9. Enjoy. You're listening to the Coast to 250k podcast with me, Blaine O'Donnell, and me, Aidan Doherty. And we're going to be taking on the mammoth challenge that is the race. This will be a 10 month documentation covering all the highs and lows that come with preparing for an ultra endurance event. Right, so just a, a quick wee introduction. First of all, I should probably note that Aiden's not here, uh, so he's left me. They run the podcast myself. Feeling a wee bit outnumbered. It's normally me and Aiden and <laughs> one other guest. Now it's me and three other guests. So it's our first uh, first time having three guests on. So we'll see how this one goes. Ah, we'll be good. We'll be good. <laughs> uh, 
Um, uh, we'll just go around first of all and do quick reintroduction. Um, so I'm joined in the, the studio with Nicola, Gronya and Eddie. Um, I'm not going to go through and try and introduce you all. So we'll start with who wants to go first? I'm Gronya Neil and um, I run for Foy Valley. I run. Love it. Great. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Hairdresser, four kids, my granny three. And um, as I said, running's my pastime, it's my passion. And I uh, absolutely love it. Brilliant. I'm Nicola Duffy. I'm a, a m- mother of three, wife of one. And <laughs> I, um, I was a swimmer in my day. I used to swim and didn't train for a long time after uni, just with professional stuff. And I went back to training in 2001 and got into triathlon in 2003 just in the background of the swimming and competed very badly for years but loved it I'm a completer these two guys are competers and I believe that the person at the other end is everybody is relevant and my children don't agree and shout down the stairs every time the results come out please don't let mommy be last so on the back of that my husband was a marathon runner and then he marshaled a few times at triathlon and loved the buzz of that so much that he transferred to a bit of a triathlon family but I couldn't race this year. I had a very serious injury this year, so I've been out of action. So I am currently getting back, I hope, and we can talk about that later. Brilliant. I'm Eddie Burton. I My background for many years as a kid was running. And then I went to university, started playing football again, did my cruise ship for the first time, moved to Derry, began after getting married, and then I have three lovely children by um, my wife Caroline and after having children I then decided to start playing golf as you do and then I it wasn't competitive enough for me I thought uh, I'd love to run I can't run somebody says what about triathlon can you swim I went I could swim yeah I can ride a bike wasn't as easy as I thought and as we talked about early on you sort of do it first of all and then think oh I think next time I can beat him and then next time you're comparing times you're comparing you know, and then you just want to strive and do better, but your mind is thinking one thing and your body is <laughs> definitely not doing the same thing. <laughs> That's because so. we're all kind of old. You know, people can't see you in a podcast, but we I mean we're kind of menopausal and you're a bit menopausal. So yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. be honest. Like <laughs> mid 40s, I'm mid 40s. Ed, Ed is the youngest by four weeks and constantly loves to tell me that he's much, he's my right. What What age are you? Do you just want to reveal your age? I'm 40. Seven. I'll be forty-eight in February. Forty-eight in February. I am so, um, fifty-three past. Fifty-three past. And being the youngest here, I'm in my mid-forties. <laughs> oh, you are one I'm month. forty-seven. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm the boss because I'm the oldest. Okay. That's what I'm told in our house anyway. <laughs> because I'm older than my husband by three years. The Waynes always say she's the boss. Uh, she's the oldest. And I think, oh Jesus, I don't really want to be the boss because I'm the oldest in the house. <laughs> I think the, the mum is always the boss anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. Isn't she? That's a very good idea. Yeah, I think the oldest humours me. <laughs> he allows me to be the boss. Right, I planned out a few wee questions. I sent them on to you mm-hmm. and, and advance for coming here. Um, Eddie, you were just sprung on us a couple of hours right. ago, so I have nothing planned for you, but sure, we can just we can get a chat and see where the direction goes. Um, where do you want to start? What do you want to chat about? Well, I didn't share the questions because I thought I'd just like them to think on their feet and be spontaneous. That's kind of my I, buzz. I, I like that idea. I just I like had a wee look idea. myself and thought the direction was grand. And, ah, but I thought... At, if you start to start to prepare answers, I can get a bit contrived. So I get a bit formal. Um, even there now, you just give just me introductions. Like it. it all got a bit formal compared well, to two seconds ago true. before we were well, on there. 
Well, we're thinking of we're thinking of you and kind of broadcasting. <laughs> <laughs> if they had to broadcast that, we would have all been in trouble. <laughs> Um, right, we'll, we'll start off talking about the, the, my event itself. Um, I don't know if you know exactly what it is that I'm planning on doing, but it's a 24-hour, 250-kilometer endurance event. Start off with a half-marathon run, right. um, a 15k kayak, a 100k cycle, a 5k mountain climb, a 70k cycle, and then a marathon then Jeez. run to finish it off. Ouch. So it's a <laughs> bit of a mammoth challenge. Um You've all competed in endurance events before. What's your uh, furthest event or toughest event that you've competed in? Anything in comparison? Any Ironmans, half Ironmans? My toughest was my first. I just lost my mind. That's right. an interesting question that you asked. I remember cycling in the lane ball. I remember cycling up the hill and I had these horrible, intrusive negative that I'd never experienced before, thankfully or since. But it was a bizarre, just poorly nourished and... Frightened so much of what you're going to look like in the trice so just starving yourself to half death for three days <laughs> yeah. beforehand and then jumping on a bike and, you know, people cycling past you and, you know, trainers and you're suited and booted and cleated ah. and then you're just, the misery just started. And just, I suppose for me, that was a mental endurance. I'm not built for really speed or endurance, I don't <laughs> think, but um, I suppose the longest for me was... Um, probably swam about I did a 5k swim once which right. was in, in Glasgow um, which was quite long and difficult um, half marathons probably is my marathons, limit yeah. um, the marathon I'd done the dairy marathon twice right. um, I'd only been running when dairy when the marathon was brought back to dairy I think it was 2013 I think right. I was standing one of many people standing at the bottom of Shipley Street Goldern at um at the at the runners at the marathon runners and I was inspired by it. Now at that point I had just started, I had just joined a wee community based running club in the Bogside, and um, it was probably after years of just being a mother, and a wife, and working full time. I wanted to do something for myself, ah. and um, listening to some of the younger mothers in the school that my kids go to the primary school in Nazareth House of Eustace, and. Um, I was just inspired listening to them and I, they were all shapes and sizes and I thought, Christ, if they can do it, I can do it. So I joined Bourndy Run and hence went down to the bottom of Shipley Street to watch some of the club members doing the marathon and um, the following year I decided, that's it, right, I'll give this a go. Grueling, grueling, yeah. as you know yourself, you've done the marathon and I found it on the day phenomenal at the end actually, you know, you feel you're overwhelmed by the yeah. fact you've achieved 26 point whatever miles and um, but I find the training grueling yeah. I mean you're every Sunday morning especially when you have a family you're long mm. runs on a Sunday yeah. and um, I remember my, our Emily my oldest daughter she was um, she had confirmation and it was um, sort of the end of my long miles just before your marathon yeah. day so I had a 22 mile run to do and um, she was getting confirmed that afternoon. And Donald says, I can't believe you're going out running this morning. <laughs> I, I can believe it. I says, confirmation, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> so you can imagine after 22 miles, instead of me putting on a pair of high heels and uh, trying to look a glamour smaller and the, the long tower chapel, I could barely get the hoofs organised to get under the heels, but I did it and I. So the marathon probably was one of the, and the following year then, I'd done it two years yeah. in a row, because your first year you're sort of, you're new to it obviously, yeah. and, um, and time-wise you think, 
Jesus, you know, I wanted to do that in 3.45 or something. So then the experience of that and then mm. getting a new schedule, training differently, um, setting a bigger goal, a bigger target for yourself, a uh, faster time. So the right. second year, once I'd done it the second time and I got the time that I wanted and I was very pleased with run. that was that done and dusted for me, the marathon. I thought, no, you know what? It's 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 a, it's, it's grueling. Takes up too hmm. much family time, so um that was my longest race. Yeah. The beauty for me was I do that I do the medic every year for the marathon, so I stand inside the cage. So I'm always really lucky. I can get the fantastic photographs of all my friends coming through at their time. So I had her time. That's right. And the photograph uh, on Facebook before, you know, with her permission, obviously. Uh, but I've got a great, I got a frame for her for Christmas and her uh, brother got in a couple of minutes before and you just have Grania at the time. And just, my dad wouldn't. Your daddy wouldn't. Your daddy wouldn't. Her father used to go in the back uh, and say he was the medic's helper uh, so that he could get inside, which you couldn't uh, deny him really. Oh, it was a, cla- it was a class pack. Uh, that really was, was an absolute class pack. So was, you know yourself, I mean, wrist days, any wrist day, yeah. but um, the marathon I found, um, I was overwhelmed that I actually completed a marathon and at my age, you know, yeah. I had only started when I was 46, 47 running. Start like Eddie, I run a bit when I was at school, um, very early on in my primary school years. Mm. Then when I was at secondary school, done a bit of cross country running and then discovered men and life was glamorous and the point done and <laughs> Bacardi and <laughs> the only run I done was after men and after the drink. So, so the slumbers, I, I wasn't interested until, as I say, later on when the Waynes were well, they were still young enough, but I was old. I was an old mother, but I decided I want to do something for me. And it was, yeah. it was one. It has been probably the best thing I've ever done for myself, yeah. where it doesn't involve, it doesn't have to involve other people. You just put your music on, your slippers on, the way you go, and yeah. like you're in the head and <laughs> all the rest. You know all them fantasies that go on when you're yeah. out running or. <laughs> And what was, your, what was your time? Did you come on? Oh, uh, do I have to tell you? Because yeah. I really want to get faster the you, next time I do it all. You did, William. Come on. I, I, did, I got 3.35. Jeez, that's, that's incredible. I mean, that like, well, well I was delighted at the time because I qualified for um, a category for um, an entrance to the London Marathon. Right. So um, a category entrance, obviously, but uh, over 45. And uh, But I knew when I completed that race, that was me. And doing the London Marathon definitely was was like, oh, Jesus, it'd be great. It'd be a great highlight to do it. But I just knew that I had done, I had got rid of it. I had done money doing all the marathon. Right. So then I wanted to, just wanted to focus on half marathons and getting faster. Right. So. How does the London Marathon work? Is it? Well, you can get on, you can get an entrance on your category or, you know, you can apply to. Um, like a lottery. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's Charities exactly right. I, and all the affiliated running clubs, they will get. They're allowed. Amount, that's, right, uh, yeah. that's right. right. Two or three um, entrance entrances or something like that there. But once again, it's a it's like a lottery thing, isn't mm. it? Yeah. But when um, racing, we're all racing. You know, it's like you know everybody's involved, and mm. when Grania would travel and go on holidays together, and when we're away and she's racing, her and my husband race in the Italian hills and right. go and find. Uh, I'm not even. I don't know if she's going to tell you what she's done in Sting's well, house. Well, uh, not good. We discovered Sting. We we literally, we this past literally. Uh, well, uh, Sting. Um, the wee uh, campsite in Italy that we've been going to for this past three years. We discovered Sting had a big, beautiful big summer house at the top of the hill. Right. So. We had a few wee stops outside Stang's house. <laughs> <laughs> you have to, like... Listen, no, we bio- were invited on, like, so... Biological redistribution. So we were just thinking of the organic. He's an organic no, kind I, of a guy, I, you I, know. I, so, you know, why not? So, yeah. 
So I mean, me and um, Nicholas's husband, we um, in the summer we would normally we go on our holidays. We would do continue training. Right. If we've got a gold, and normally it's the Dairy Half Marathon in mm. September, which follows obviously the summer yeah. holiday, we would we would continue to train on holidays. Sean also this year spent a lot of time on the bike. Right. Um, he done a lot of cycling on the on the Tuscany Hills. Brilliant. Well, I was weighing outside. <laughs> <laughs> and I was watching the wings. I was, was good. <laughs> but sure, you know the crack yourself. There's always a bit of crack too when you're out training and you have to have fun. That's what, uh-huh. it's, it's very important. You kind of yeah. have to leave your dignity at the door. I you know. <laughs> not that much room for, Definitely for being precious no. about your <laughs> products. So, Eddie, how do you fit into this equation well, then? I've never... I, I always Have you think, been to Steins? <laughs> no, no, I've never. But I've pissed outside. I have pissed outside lots of people's houses <laughs> when I was running. Um, I, I, I've never done a marathon. I think. Come on I, out of whose house? I'm dairy. <laughs> Doctor Duffy. You know <laughs> Last Saturday, actually, <laughs> with a glitter ball in my hand. Hey, he hasn't got past the one on oh, the glitter ball. They had a spiff about uh, that. They, they had, had to get on strictly. Oh, they not that. Oh, oh, Jesus, they they own strictly last Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, for anyone listening, you. Uh, Nick and Eddie competed in Strictly Come Dancing. Well, how long ago was it? A couple of days? Oh, yeah, a couple of days ago. Yeah. But it, it was an intervention for me in response to an injury. So it is relatively a wee bit pertinent and a bit relevant. Um, I was very seriously injured, so I wasn't doing anything. So this was a kind of last ditch attempt at getting some semblance of a routine and schedule back. So it did have a relevance to my fitness and my current goals and things like that. So I've, how long? I fixed you. So how long in advance of the the strictly did, did you sign up? How long were you train well, up for? <clears throat> Eddie's wife teaches at the school that my kids go to. So right. and Eddie's daughter and my son were in the same strictly event last last year. Right. So um, in April they were doing a kids strictly. So I have no idea how we had the conversation. I was driving. You were like, they bombed. Yeah. And I'll give you a laugh, actually, because what actually happened was somewhere in the conversation, we decided, well, do, do you want to do Strictly? And I didn't I didn't know Eddie that well at the time. didn't realise that he was just a kind of flirty bastard. They probably asked 20 people. Long yellow trousers. But I sort of had always sneakingly wanted to do Strictly. And I'm a bit of, you know, I always kind of secretly thought I was a bit of a dancer. And you at, at that but moment, you never wanted to do being ugly. Not at all. Halle handsome, drop dead gorgeous. <laughs> so, but but actually, he wasn't available. But so I did. Thanks, <laughs> So I this come home and I, and at this point, I am completely have no power, sensation, tone, reflexes in my arm. I'm attending neurosurgery at the Royal, and I'm getting knockback after knockback after knockback. Every time I go and see the guy, he's like, um, I'm just you know, you'll never show him again. And I'm like, oh. And that was the worst ever. I just basically went up to Belfast on a train because I couldn't drive. And I came out of it. It was so bad I rang a friend, Aaron, who was in a few weeks ago. Yeah. Because I'd actually arranged professionally to go meet Ryan. And I said, I'm not really up to it. I'm devastated, sitting snivelling in the car park in uh, Belfast City. So then back up to him again. He said, right, by the way, you're never going back again. And I was like, right. And then the next thing, he's like, you're never going to run again. I said, well, everybody ran anyway. It was more of a wogger. Kind of walk, jog, hybrid yeah. thing, you know, my own professional, a wogger. A wogger. <laughs> That's what he said, Sean, we went for a five mile walk. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened, cut a very long story short, I said to Sean, I think I might do Strictly. And he was like, are you for real? You can't move your arm above your head. You can't have any, you no sensation. You can't drive. I said, I need to do something. I've got four months to get ready for it, and which I didn't do, of course. But just I'll give it a go. So I get up the next morning and I get a message from Eddie. I've decided to do it for somebody else. <laughs> 
Somebody else has to do it. It, it wasn't like that. It was. Like that. So yeah. I just messaged them back and said, no, I have to, and Eddie has subsequently learned that when I decide something that this isn't really worth negotiating. Um, so decided to do it and we did it for 12 weeks and it was like an intervention and it wasn't, didn't work out the way I thought it worked out much better. So right. I have shoulder movement, arm movement. So I'm back. Hip to movement. Hip movement. <clears throat> never was. Mm-hmm. So I don't have any power in my hand or wrist and that's never going to come back. I accept that that's neurologically impossible. So that's okay. Right. But the rest, I don't know if I'll ever do triathlon again, but I can certainly do strict. Do, I'm going out and my bike's on getting fixed at the minute. So I had a wee moment on Tuesday when I come home at lunchtime and I opened up the garage and for the first time in nearly a year they will go in and look at the bikes and not burst into I don't cry much, but sort of, you know, psychologically, yeah. kind of we cry. But so I got the bike out and so I getting fixed. And my body is going to go out with my, I call him Petty Cycles. He's going to take me out. So right. so that's where Strictly comes in for me, sort of. Because injury comes at both ends. Injury doesn't just happen to people that are brilliant. It can happen to anybody at any time. Yeah. And it's having that mental fortitude. They work out how to make their way back. And when you're a competitor rather than a completer, and Gronje and I have talked about this before, the, the discipline of just doing it for the sake of it is something that I have. I don't need to win because I couldn't yeah. possibly win and I, but we've talked about how you, mm. you disengage when you don't think you're going to yeah. win it and mm. I try to say to her about the discipline of moderation mm. and something you mentioned in the questions you know that endurance and that discipline of moderation is the key it's, to, to, un, when you're super good and super, they lose moderation I believe mm. and it almost becomes quite compulsive yeah. and that's when the injuries start I, I think and when when you try to tap into their psyche because a lot of them come to me because I'm working locally and I'm in the triathlon club and my husband's in Foy Valley with Gronia. a lot of these guys transfer and come to me because I can access people for them or whatever and I mean the two weeks before a marathon 20,000 people descend and get James's Street and they say well because your husband's doing the marathon I go right just because he's doing the marathon doesn't mean that I can get to that Achilles <laughs> fixed ever yeah. but you know for me it's trying to encourage people they think that being moderate is the key to them not being injured and bluntly, it just doesn't work when you're when you're talented. I no, don't believe. I I would agree. As I said, I, I was speaking to someone a few years ago, and they said, Eddie, why why you, you keep getting injured? Why do you still continue to to strive to do well? And I said, I, if, if I'm blatantly honest, I stopped running when I was nineteen because of a, a bad injury, and I I have unfinished business. And I think you know what well, I, I was meeting at golf wasn't really so so triathlon is maybe something. I'd ideally just like to do it via running, but I think triathlon is maybe a way I could, you know, finish my business that that stopped nearly thirty years ago. But seven knee ops since then, and with the with my wife hearing the last um, consultant saying, if you run again, you're gonna need a new hip. And Caroline said, did you hear that? I went, off I got, off I got. But you know, it's I don't know as. We we would do everything we can. We try to be as light as we can. We try to do stretching. We try to do weights. We try mm. to do this. We try to do that. And it's just like, how come some people never get injured and they run every single day? And I try and run once or twice a week, and I break down. And it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. And I don't know. I don't know. Is it? Is it? But is it's it because you've pushed yourself. I don't think it's luck. I think it's lack of moderation. Uh, people who run every day don't run. Don't run a lot. Like if you look at John, my husband. He has trained every sing- literally every single day since I've met him. We're together 20 years. And he never gets injured. But he's in the middle of the pack. You know, to me, he's a really good athlete. He's a really good ambassador for training. Oh, he and he good. trains with everybody and good for the kids. But 
to get to the level that you get to, Eddie, and you too, Grania, I think you have to take, you're in a complete, you'd never train the same way as other people. So you burn out the muscles mm. and you burn out. I, that's, mm. you know, that's why, you know, I, I mean, I, whenever I hurt myself, I said, you know, I've got, I have the injuries of a really good athlete, except <laughs> I'm just really crap. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know. Well, like that there too, a lot of the times, as you say, you sort of, when you're out training and you're, you're striving to be better all the time. I mean, um, yeah. It's 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 that driving you and and I am like you, Eddie. I'm sure you and like yourself, Nicola. You set goals and targets. Like this challenge for you this year was massive. Um, but like that, you always want to be faster. Hmm. And um, and and right, it doesn't come in moderation. Your training, so you're always up in the you're always up in the the antics a bit. And like that, if I'm told to run five days a week, it's like seriously, hmm. who ever does what they're told. So you know, if I'm told to run, asked if I have a schedule set out. And it's like five miles Monday, seven miles Tuesday, eight miles Wednesday. I will always do eight miles Monday, nine miles Tuesday. Yeah, always a bit more. And, you know, yeah. always, always doing a wee bit more. Because I feel if I'm doing a wee bit more endurance or doing every run a wee bit quicker, then obviously on my my A day, my, the, the day of my race day, that um, that I will perform. But it, it doesn't happen that way. As, yeah. as Nicholas said, what happens is you end up somewhere in the middle getting injured. And, and, and that as a bummer and it's disheartening but at the same time and you have to pick yourself up and sort of go right and then I waste my breath for days talking to Grania about the discipline of moderation <laughs> and how you know the best competitors are the ones who aren't there to win it and the eyes glaze the buttons press for the cat just a compl- and I mean we are very very compatible and very good mm-hmm. friends but when we have that conversation it's one of the few times that when we're discussing there, you are not listening no, no. <laughs> and I don't mean that in the bad but it's just so anathema to Grania. Probably an Eddie to to think moderately. And I, you know, like Eddie, one of the things we chatted about when we were dancing was, I said, you know, you have to celebrate the people who go out and do it and don't win yeah. and who train and race. They are every, they, a club should celebrate them every bit as much. They pay the same entry fee because when you enter, you're entering to win. You are going to win or, you know, so there's going to be a big boom at the end of it. That's not something that a lot of people, mm. you okay? Can you share like music? I heard you. Yeah. Does that come from? It's not, not from not from me. A bit like Disney. Uh-huh. You think it's switched off because I bored the whole of the machine? <laughs> no, but what? Do you know what so, I mean? Yeah, it's no, but I, I when I was running youngster, I I I used to have a <clears> real elitist attitude. I used to think, why why bless them? Why are they running? <laughs> if, <laughs> if they're only if they're only running sixty minutes for five k or whatever for you know, I was thinking, why why would they do running if they're sort of getting lapped? And then as I got older and, you know, wiser <laughs> and slower, you sure, Eric? And slower <laughs> I, again, I just used to think, you know, it's, and I think, I think golf, I, th- I think golf of all the sports is just bizarre because you, golf is one of the only sports you could look at someone and think, and somebody could, you could say your handicap and you go, oh my God, he was 19 stone, but he plays off one. You, you can never judge somebody by the way they look in golf. Hmm. somebody could be really slim and really athletic and have a handicap of 25 and there could be somebody who's overweight smoking and drinking all the time who plays off scratch and that sport as well is the whole thing where for instance if you get down to a certain handicap and you don't play for a while when you go back to play with your friends you're expected to play at that same handicap so say if if i was racing Gwanya and i said but Gwanya, Gwanya, you've you've run 335 but she said eddie I'm five stone heavier. I haven't run in four years. I said, no, you've still done 335. <laughs> That's the, I, I, golf is just mental <laughs> like that. It really, really is. And it's just like, you, you know, 
And going back when I said I'd only do a marathon, I think now if it was at the end of a an Ironman, because one, a marathon, I just find it mental. I, the, mm. the idea of running that far, and again, I think I would only do it if I was going to run less than three hours because it's just too, <laughs> it's just too long. Um, and I I did a half marathon when I was 17, and I only did it because my coach at the time said, right, you're 17 now, lads, three of us. You, you run 15 miles on a Sunday anyway, go and do a half marathon. And he said to me, and this, this fellow Terry goes, do not go off with the leaders. So we were looking Things at... Things I'll never hear. No, we, were, we, we were looking at the UK record. It was held by Darren Mead, who's a great athlete. And he his his time was one one twelve, And I thought, that's right, that's only about 5.20s. So <laughs> after after ten miles, we was on. We was fifty one minutes at ten miles, and Jesus. then we blew up. I ended up running seventy four, but we blew up. We were doing seven minute miles, eight minute miles, nine minute miles, and it was just like. And then our coach was so annoyed with us. He said, "Right, you're running home." He made it. He also sorry. He also made us run to the start. It was a five mile. We ran to the start. He was mental yeah, from Glasgow. Brutal. He was, and he said, "Right, you, you didn't do well, and uh, no, sorry, you did do what you were told. Run home." I said, Dad, I can't, honestly, I can't feel my legs. I've never had this experience before. I've never, you said about running, that was just beyond agony. Couldn't, and he said, no, you're running home. He said to my dad, don't you dare give him a lift. And then, um, I got a we, lift. We walked, we walked down the road a little bit <laughs> and then got in my dad's car. But no, he's, um, I read him like a book. No way. Honestly, I, I just find, as one you said, the amount of time you got to put in uh, is, is, Mad. Mm. I love it though. I, mad. I, I love how dairy goes during the marathon. Mm. Ah. I love that March, April, and you're coming out of Sainsbury's and you don't run. And there's it's always... only one show in town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. like running, and you, and, and you know, and you know, to give the community running groups their juice, mm-hmm. they've taken a whole, you know, cohort of people who the marathon, and you know, a lot of them, the time they invest, the money, it is so expensive, you know, and the whole, you know, there's just a whole co- massive group of physios and you know podiatrists <laughs> you know booking their, their next trip for skiing you know this like dairy marathon full numbers you know where are we going um but to go back to what i was saying these kind of guys i know them both well and they're a different breed there's hmm. just absolutely no doubt about it and i say that in the context of living with a man who is a fantastic athlete but he's a different breed from them hmm. and i'm a different breed again but i have mental I, if I decide to do something, I will just do it. But I don't expect. I, I've got reasonable insight huh. to just how appallingly bad I am. But so modest. <laughs> well, it's kind of no, true. No. I mean, I think the numbers have deflected. I don't think you're. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> doing false modesty. I'm, I was pissed poor, but I loved the buzz of it. I loved the crack afterwards, and you always enjoyed that pint a bit more if you'd huh. done it. Yeah. Even if you, you know, were rubbish. Huh. And you know the beauty of triathlon. Nobody ever tells you you're rubbish. They don't think you're rubbish. They're a very non-judgy group. They're just cyclists, but nice. Uh, I suppose I'm so not, not like them cyclists. Oh, what so. is the story with cyclists? They're just absolute. Oh, I'm already saying like, is there lots, They're just absolute personality disorders. We have double set of weights. There are quite a few, yeah. But there's something about triathletes that I think it's because everybody's got this. You know, within the, within the, 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 the your, your three disciplines, everybody's got something that they're strong at, something that they like, and something that they're good at, and it's finding. So everybody's got their wee personal foibles there's very few that will be like you know will be good at all three brilliantly yeah. and they're the ones that won you know Bastards. obviously <laughs> <laughs> well you're you're just pretty good at them all as well no either, but to be as I, say, I, I I used to dislike swimming and I still don't like cycling 
but I just love the I love running, and it's the only thing I can't train at. So as but as Nicholas said, cyclists are oh weird, yeah. We're just and even well, people that are quite nice in themselves, the minute they get that bike out, like something happens. I don't know what. <laughs> you know, it's just all that. You see, my my theory about cycling is that cycling is years ago people used to tinker with cars, and people used to go into their early mid forties and kind of tinker out the front with a wee car that they and their wife could go on a wee run the green green in or something but now that everything's digitalized and everything's kind of electronic they don't have that so you've got this huge group of people with not all of them i'm saying was a wee bit generalizing but not for dairy certainly the bit of a disposable income and it just turns into this you know like their bikes are like their porn you know and mm. you know and it's like what what what's what's your bike made of and i was reading you know i was watching this last night and my carbon and you know my 29er and then you find yourself doing it because you're just like you go, oh <laughs> this is terrible you know and the, the, tri- the, the triathlete world is very different. Yeah. Uh, the running world, you don't get that. And running's cheap. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's a cheap Shoes sport. On. It is. And there you it, go. That's exactly. It doesn't yeah. matter what you look like. And that's as, right. as I say, we were talking, your dignity goes out the window, wee, but mm-hmm. as long as you're comfortable and you've got a good, decent pair of slippers on you, you know, mm. and uh, it, it, it's, it's, not, it's not an expensive well, sport I, at all. And I think that's why. Like uh, there's a lot of people now in we community-based running clubs. Yeah. It's not about mm. their earnings or, 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 or yeah. you know, it's affordable, yeah. and which is great. You know, it's great. If for only they're all by a sports bra, they'd be grand. Like. Well, the, the, well, yeah. What about, I, I, the, what about I, the women? I have this world, <laughs> I have this world famous Facebook post right, but a number of women running through dairy. 200 today. Uh, number of women wearing sports bras, none. And I'm like, why? And so, on the back of that post, I was invited along to a running group to talk about running. And I said, scared. Start out the three B's. Start out the boobs, the bladder, and the 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 belly. So get a pair of pants that hold you in. Get yourself sorted and wear something decent, and then you will be comfortable and maybe able to run no matter what your build is. We'll chop that down, put it on there. We sound bite for the Facebook page. Well, the but... three B's. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks they are Burton, Burton, and Burton. <laughs> <laughs> what about your training? Well, how, um, how are you? Covering oh, you all are that doing endurance? so well, but you know your problem. What's your ner- problem? your nutrition. Um, nutrition. That's my problem. You can't eat. You're just not hungry. We've identified that. I've. You're just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And from, uh, a, from, a, from a doctor point of view, my thinking is, how are you going to tolerate? I mean, I even like, look at Eddie, I think, how could he do a tri- You know, how could he do... Like, my husband's a sprint uh, triathlete, moving a wee bit in the Olympic, but he is so fine build, and he just thinks the thought of a half, or he just doesn't have the, the build for it. Uh, and I think that you're not eating enough. Uh, well, that's... One of the things is a burger. I feel on, like I'm getting told off here. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I mean, oh, no, it, you, I think, not at all, not at all. I think if you're not naturally somebody that's very hungry, it's very uh, hard, to, it's very difficult. But we've talked about this before, the kind of chemistry and the, the endocrinology of appetite. It's not as straightforward as people think. And uh, Well, Keegan gave me a, a good tip on the, the last podcast about fortifying food. So I've started uh, that the last the last week or so and I'm definitely getting a lot more calories into me, but... Uh, I did notice a lot of people coming up and saying to me, you know, you're you're fading away with the strain or whatever. So I have, I know I've I've lost weight, like, but I'm not. Um, but you're a finely I'm tuned not athlete. Fa- not fading away. Not at nothing. all. Not yet. Yeah, actually, look. To be fair, <laughs> you only put up in the podcast photographs when you're half dead. <laughs> and I was just to Sean last night. Look at purple and Sean says, "Where is it?" I said, "Well, I recognise that ghastly dry plant anyway. That has to be the role machine of the complex." <laughs> you start to know all the gyms. You know everybody in all the gyms, and then you know all the really rancid plants that uh, all the municipal gems and dairy have like that that plant's the only thing look more <laughs> dead than me <laughs> and that, that gem that's yep. <laughs> so who's coaching you or what how, how you... so Aiden Aiden's not here tonight but um, he, he's not a, an endurance coach or anything either he's uh, like me and Aiden's just been friends from when we were no age so yeah. we kind of made a pact that I would train for this and he would uh, he would look under the whole uh, putting together training plan and, and nutrition side of it and 
join me on this podcast to try and kind of spur me on a bit. Right. Um, so I loved your post the other night. I thought it was really pertinent when you kind of hooked on the about Aaron and said, you know, about discipline. Discipline. Ah, mm. that's actually I went back because I was sitting there and I was I, I didn't know the exact way it phrased it, but anyway, and I sat on the sofa and listened back on that podcast. Um, fast forwarded that wee bit and I just went no I didn't I'm just going to go up and train and see once I was on the bike then for 10 minutes so that was me and you know your your blood starts pumping and you start getting a bit, a bit motivated but that's it's going to come down to motivation because you were it's saying it's a mental early. game like uh, mm. everything you do you think in life is a mental game the physical stuff is the easy stuff that's it uh, it's uh, the mental fortitude and the discipline and the that's like you were saying there Grania about um, you're in the frame of mind where if you're told to do Five miles, you'll do six. If you're told I'm not in that frame of mind. No, I'm, you're not there I'm yet. A, you're not uh, there yet. I said, you know, Ian's put this plan together for me now. Uh, we we compared it against the, the race I actually sent out a training plan. Um, but we, we kind of merged my working life around this plan. And we have a, a really good plan now that I can phase up over the next uh, 18 weeks or so. But So when is the race? Sorry, when is so it? it's the 23rd of March next year so and what are, you, what are you worrying about the most in the race yeah um, <laughs> finishing <laughs> alive uh, yeah, staying alive no, but I mean when you break it all up in the bits which bit do you, you look forward to the kayaking do you not like the bike are you worried the, I think my bike my biking's coming on really well the The one thing I'm most worried about is um, the running with my foot I haven't had any injuries or anything the, the whole training and then when I went to see um, I say I'll, I'll go back to the start when I ran the marathon the, the first time my foot was really sore for about two or three weeks I could barely walk on it but I just thought it was my first time running the marathon yeah. um, that, you know that, that long must just be the way it is you know what's going to happen now don't you what we're going to take your sock off to get a look at it we're going to talk about it no, I like looking about at runners oh enjoys it off feet no but uh, do you have to make a friend for life go on get the foot off do you want to see my toe don't do well hold on Eddie has actually managed to be somewhere for 50 minutes and not mention the word Achilles oh for God's sake that's what you're going to be like is that just not a big bunion no no that's not my toe Gwanya that's something else but um <laughs> in fact it was quite fascinating Eddie, you about... couldn't have showed your wife that foot before you get off where did you I can, I can tell you a joke about actually <laughs> don't no, back, well. to, back no. to Blaine Blaine's so, foot so, um, Blaine's foot yes Trish. no, no go, go, go ahead, ahead. Go ahead. I, no. I was seeing a podiatrist because <laughs> how I did that was really bizarre I was playing keep in... it quick buddy I gave a netball game of football to school <laughs> and slapped down the next day oh my god I thought somebody got a, my wife had got a blade and put it in the back of my the, the bottom of my foot again went to see went to see a podiatrist he went I think you got this da, da, da. got an MRI scan just nothing nothing showed up then I had an injection and it didn't get any better then I got sent to a, an ultrasound and this thing was picked up because it was in an MRI scan, it's scanned every two millimetres, and my tear, really, really bad tear, was 1.6 millimetres there, right? <laughs> ligament, and it's really unusual. Jeez, really good. unusual. I'm sorry, but I haven't heard so, this. Um, <laughs> Lisa, so I, I can finish I just, it off for you. I just sold you on anyway. Back to you, go on. <laughs> She gets so, fed up listening to her injuries, you see. No, she but, is just, she's had it up to here, like, well, injuries. But, but you see, but, the but, there, is a, but there, is a sentence, there is a sentence, there is something about that. There is something about that elite ability 
do talk about their injuries, but they're also hugely addicting people. They are yeah. really motivating and they kind of bring out the best in you. So there is, but there, it comes with a cost. <laughs> <laughs> you get nothing for nothing. So, Gronya, I, I don't make friends very easily, despite the fact I'm quite garrulous. I don't like making new friends. I'm very closed. And I met Gronya, and it just was an instant, fantastic, fantastic friendship from we met. And our kids all train together. And that's what will happen. You will just find more like-minded people. Yeah. And their motivation is, is brilliant. And Eddie, pretty much the same. Just at a time when I didn't think I'd do anything again, you just kind of keep going, keep going. And you, you buzz off people. And that's what you'll find when you do these events. Ah. That's the mental stuff that keeps you going. But I want to know about your fit. Right. So I went to um, I went to see Patrick. Yeah. Uh, he brought me in, done a, done a wee bit of an analysis on me. And he picked up that my right foot was overpronating. And I was like, you're, you're going to get bothered with that when you're training. Um. But I haven't had any baller since. But the thing is, I've been I've been training really light. So all all my training, you know, I've I've never been really pushing it at all. And then I ran the double marathon. Then about two or three weeks ago. How um, did you get on there? Uh, I got on I got on better. I shaved about a time off, but I'm allowed to ask you your time. I got on four twenty. That's brilliant. I was still expecting so far, but that's the the thing I think is. That's just so ambitious at an early mm-hmm. stage in your. Uh, I I ended up training. I ended up really early pushing it on um, and then the exact same thing happened with my foot again I, I couldn't couldn't walk for two weeks after on the du- double marathon and is it the um, sole of your foot? it's not it, it's really weird right? right just in case I, anybody is listening to this podcast I am qualified to look have at you feet in case arch? you think I have some is sort your, of have you I've got a, a flat arch right okay so um, and it, but it, it kind of alternated so like the day after the marathon it might have been really sore up here and then the next day it might have been sore here and then it kind of it was weird it was Did like you a feel result it? when you were running um, I felt it come you know the last six miles I was hobbling on that double marathon like oh. I, I really struggled my wee Aoife, she, my wee daughter runs three she's 13 she's very flat footed like her father it's just genetics right and she now is wearing orthotics right and, it, um, and it's really weird when Aoife doesn't run her orthotics or wear her orthotics and her slippers when she's training she gets a sore back, sore uh, hips, uh, you know, sore knees. Uh, and and then, of course, <clears throat> she has to listen to me. It's like, well, you know, take your oil, put your orthotics on, do what you're told. <laughs> but um, obviously, Patrick must have talked to you about orthotics. I talked to me about it. Um, so do you uh, think you might start taking painkillers before you go, like some people do? When they're... Nothing wrong with that. That's, uh, that's, that's a... actually an, an do interesting one to talk about. you painkillers before you run? Yeah. Do you? Gotcha. No, no. The only thing I would take before I do a long run is no. I'm not even only racing. What? Only racing. Oh, if my foot's if my foot's bad. So, only racing. So what's the doctor's advice on that, Nicole? Well, this is a this is a, a gel, a banana to two cardamoms. I mean, that's your normal start <laughs> for triathlon. <laughs> and your marks. Hold on. It's <laughs> <laughs> interesting because I'm not going to lie. I was out in Eddie's practicing a couple of weeks ago, and he was showing me something in his triathlon. Kit, this, this is a sad way when the things work out, you know. Let me see your triathlon kit. And uh, what there a was painkillers. Oh, Hi. absolutely. Do you change your moment about that? <laughs> <laughs> triathlon kit. Yeah. So, so basically, Eddie very kindly was saying, This is what I used when I go to triathlon because there's a big part of triathlons called transition. So it's a big mm. issue. I didn't realize the first time we did transition that you were timed. So I was practically <laughs> having a bar of chocolate and a sweet and a kind of, you know, three course meat, you know, towel, talc and powder, <laughs> three sports bras, you know, sort of, but I've met him, you know, just getting ready to rock. But, you know, so he's just kind of saying, This will be good for Sean. So I was kind of having a look at it come to Christmas and thought, I'd Maybe get Sean it. So what's that? Well, it's my painkillers or some briefing. And I thought, Is that what people do? 
But there is absolutely no doubt that there are people who who do take an awful lot of painkillers. So about three or four years ago, I did a, a transformation, you know, one of those 12-week jobs. Yep. It wasn't a great look like, but um, I did it with my buddy Liam, who I did, did strictly with us. And I one day had so much pain that I took two briefing before I went to training. So he joined up for 12 weeks and he went every single day at 5.30am or 6am. Yeah. Uh, but I just got so sore this one particular day. And then what happened was I d- dropped the weight on my foot Right. I broke my toe, but I didn't want to finish the session. I didn't want to not do the transformation. And it was during Gronya's 50th birthday. And Gronya will tell you, I went to her 50th birthday and I drank water. And she handed me a burger and I took off the bap and I scraped off the coleslaw. And in the 12 weeks, I didn't break it once. Not right. once. Uh-huh. I just, like, I was like... How disciplined and focused uh-huh. is that? I, it just was like, not even... And like, Gronya's like, it's my birthday. And I thought, I had a ball. I danced about. It didn't bother me in the slide. Uh-huh. But I took two briefings this one particular morning because I broke my toe and I didn't want to stop. And then one day, and I was at work, and I took sick. I just felt really unwell, and I got my foot blood checked, um, and I was in a bit of kidney failure. Right. Uh, nothing dramatic, but my creatinine was up enough that I'm kind of pissed off that it's now on my chart. If that makes any sense. <laughs> so by basically a combination it. of um, a couple of anti-inflammatories and um, training hard that day, and then dehydrating and a surgery because you go on a date. And you're lucky to get a coffee at 12. And I just felt unwell in the afternoon. and got really lightheaded. And I probably did something to my metabolism, you know, to my enzymes yeah. as well. My electrolytes, sorry. And uh, so that kind of worries me. If, if, if I was being honest, I hate, I already make out that Eddie's right. But if I was going to take anything, I would take codeine or glucodamol-based products because they're both, they're broken down by your liver and your liver will stay focused throughout your endurance event. And your liver will be your friend. And if you get nausea during your event, it'll be because something's faking up on your liver. So keeping your liver very healthy prior to an event, in my opinion, would be a really good idea. The problem is that you dehydrate during these episodes and your body takes blood away from your kidneys and your kidneys get damaged. And people can go into acute kidney failure. Um, people have to end up getting dialyzed um, mm. and things like that. So I probably, the, the problem is what you're, sounding, you're, what you're describing sounds anti-inflammatory in nature. Yeah. All cocodamol does is this blank out pain generically. Pain, yeah. It doesn't actually go in and treat the inflammatory issue. Yeah. But if you're going to be dehydrating and things like that. My other argument, I suppose, in one respect is, is it kind of doping a wee bit? Taking codeine? Taking, Taking codeine. Any? and You mm. know, they, they are centrally acting morphine-based drugs. Mm. So you sort of wonder, do, are they are they performance enhancing if you're ready to go through that pain? I, I don't believe that there's enough in codeine that you go through the pain that is a triathlon. I'm just saying, but I think it could be an adjunct. Yeah, well, I, I as I said, there there is a lot of. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I, I I've known since I've been doing triathlon how many people are a- amateur athletes taking enhancing stuff, and yeah. I'm like, oh my god, why you an amateur? Yeah. Why would you, you know, unless you're, I don't know, unless you're pro, and you you know you want to get done for it. But I just think it's it's mental, and there there was the, uh, anyway. I just find it crazy that amateurs that cycle at the weekend would wanna. Cheap. But it's because they, it's, it goes back to my <laughs> argument about that, you know, your, your mammals, your middle aged men in Lycra, and it is about, it is just an extension of, it, it, is, it, it becomes an extension of their ego. Yeah. You know, it becomes an extension of this, you know, this is how successful I am. I have three bikes that cost £7,000 each. And, you know, I have no, I have no issue whatsoever, people working hard and st- saving up and buying something nice, but gone, not go on about it. And they're gone, do you know what? <laughs> not judge someone who doesn't have that I yeah. think it's shitty and I think it's unnecessary and I think when you're talking about amateurs manipulating drugs it makes no sense because the whole point of all of this is your health Yeah, it should be about physical and mental health 
And, you know, it doesn't matter how much training you do. It, it, there's absolutely no doubt. For me, the mental fortitude that you get with training is, is the thing. And that's why it works for people that aren't high end. But for you to say to somebody, Eddie, frankly, um, you know, I don't know why people that are amateur take um, an enhancers. For, for somebody like me, I'm thinking, well, I have no idea why he, he would, you know, hurt himself or not be able to take a week off and rest. It's just a different mind space. Mm. And particularly in those very male centric groups, it's just about who's the fastest and they don't really care how they get there. And that's just a bit disingenuous, mm. I believe. So and don't buy any of the, the enhancements, but I do understand when people take painkillers because by God, it is sore. Like so, uh. <laughs> I think what happens to before a race, everybody's a wee routine, and they take yeah. certain things, they eat certain meals. Yeah. You know, yeah. Grania, can we please stop with the ten rosaries? She makes me go to long tire wear and yeah, do a sure. decade. <laughs> I don't go to mass very often, but I carry a holy medal with me. Oh. I will not, I will not race without that medal right. in the pocket of my of of of, of uh, my runners. But like that, before race night, about half ten, last thing I do at night is have a pizza. Right. And a pizza, like, Just kind you of know, carbon, lying on your stomach. Ca- carving up. Well, I don't really believe in carving up. Oh, it does work if you're you know. carb sensitive. It doesn't particularly work. But for me... If you're not carb sensitive. Right. I had a I don't think. way back, I um, when I was tri- marathon training, I used to have a pizza at night. But be- um, but before even a 5K race, it's up here now, it's all psychological. Uh. I'll have a pizza the night before at about half ten. It all does. You don't need to carve up and say... No, but psychologically, I have to have my routine and I have to take... It's part of your prep, like? I, in the morning time, you know, you have certain socks you wear, a certain pair of knickers you wear, all your good luck things. Mm. Have you? Do you do all that, no, Eddie? Not, not for triathlon, not at all. But when I, when I used to run f- exactly four hours and, and ten minutes before my race start, uh. I used to have a bowl of Frosties uh. and two bits of toast with jam. Mm. If my race was at eight o'clock at night... Do you do the same? I used to do it five mm. to four. In yeah. the afternoon, if it was at, six, uh, at 10 o'clock in the morning, I used to get up at mm. quarter to six and do the same thing. Mm. Exactly the same thing. A bowl of Frosties and two bits of toast yeah. of jam. See, that sounds like a compulsion. Uh, it doesn't sound like If you have to do something. Uh, nah. And, you know, Grania and I, as I say, we, we go to the middle of Italy in the middle of the summer and it's 35 mm. degrees. And, you know, there was, there was a time last year we were sitting in Italy and I said to Grania... <laughs> I want to go home. I, I spent my whole time in the Ryanair app. Okay, it was like thirty six degrees. I was hot. I looked like the sun. There was mosquitoes were just quite literally binging. <laughs> you know, there was people. There was people being admitted to the mosquito priory for overeating anonymous because they were just living off me. And I remember sitting in the dark with my son, my youngest son, and we were playing cards. And I swear to God, this helicopter flew over because there was a forest fire. And I was like, this is like a scene from like Good Morning Vietnam or something. You know, I thought you it was a nice draw. And I look at me and Dara are sitting and I have all I can wear. It is so hot. It's like the bed linen. Uh-huh. And you're in and out of the shower constantly. <laughs> Grania walks onto the porch and she says, Jesus, I'm roasted. And I was like, <laughs> I am actually feeling my subphrenic fat disintegrate. My kidneys are at the top of my butt and you are out running. And she's like, Sean, Sean, I'm going to go for running. I said, Sean, you've got running with that mad hair. I swear to God. And he was all, no, I wouldn't want to go running. And, 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 and then I know he's kind of, he's almost, they have this kind of like second we, you know, <laughs> you know, and then he's like, oh, "I might go and keep her company." So, but so you know that level of madness when I'm sitting genuinely thinking that my life is over and I'm about to, you know, my you know, uh, and that is a wee bit that that reflects the kind of compulsive nature I think, and I don't believe that anybody competes at the level they compete at without a level of mental madness. compulsion. There no, is a level. No, of, but I'd, 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 before I started back running, when even when I used to play golf, 
we used to go to Spain and it would be 35 degrees and I'd run every day. And Karen and I go, I just love running in the heat. I love it. Honestly, it's, it's just something fantastic. It's much better than running in the snow or running across the foil bridge when the wind's blowing you and all that. that See, that, I always like running in the wind and rain. That's oh, what really? I... Well, I like walking in the run. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, but, you know, I, but you know, I wasn't awful. I mean, I wasn't, the, you know, you're not even going to back me up here. No, back. no, no. We used, to, call it we used to remember New Year's Eve. <laughs> joking. Remember we get up a couple of years ago New Year's Eve morning right. at six o'clock. And right. at Christ, the weather was horrendous. We, we ran were, up over the... This is not a lie, right? right? She, she comes in from... We would go... I like training in the morning. I like training yeah, in the dark. Yeah, I, I don't get that either. I don't get your six o'clock but getting up and doing... No, I don't like morning no. training. I love not that it, early. It's That's just insane. because I yeah. work so much and it just takes up so much of my mental... I just... I need that mental push. But we agreed to do a New Year's morning run and we were running up over the new bridge. And at that stage, I mustn't have been too bad if you were willing to go out with me because now you wouldn't spit on me. I wouldn't even get a petty <laughs> run out of you. That's true, that you would not give me a petty run and that bastard over there wouldn't give me a petty cycle. Yes, either. we got it planned. No, we don't. You're all You're going to cycle and me and Gwen, you're going to run. Me and, me and, me and <laughs> Backwards. Me, his wife messaged me and was all, uh, Eddie will go out the bike. I said, no, I'll tell you exactly what I'll do. Eddie will take his daughter and me out on the bike and he will miraculously meet his friend Marcus by accident and say, Nicola, why don't you and my 11-year-old daughter go for a cycle and we'll be absolutely fine. But I was we thinking more my six-year-old, but anyway, go on. <laughs> She's got stabilisers. <laughs> we, we were running up the bridge and it, the wind, and Grania, as you can see, is super light and I yeah. am not. But I remember us both, at that point I was kind of being spleltered, as I would yeah. say, across and they've been kind of glad of the barrier on either side. And you sort of realise then you're... There yeah. are moments of madness, even whenever you are. One of the crazy crap. ones. Oh no, I, I definitely. I mean, I, I was just saying to Sean, I, 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 whatever journey I'm on at the minute, I, the arm's good, and I'm just on top of it. And I have just, he said to me yesterday, "You're just getting there," and I said, "Oh, I am. This is going to be. I'm going for a winter of, up to two. It's going to start again the way I go, and it'll be two or three hours, and I will be like, where am I going? Who am I going out with? What am I doing? And it'll be two and hours, and I know it's coming. So I do have that tiny compulsive streak, but it doesn't translate to time. <laughs> it's, you know, I don't do it because uh. I'm going to get on the podium. I mean, you know, they know those t-shirts. Let's say, you know, I got on the podium and then, you know, there was three of us on the race. That's the only time I'm ever really started. But it, but it proves that you're very driven. It proves yeah. that you do set goals for yourself. Oh, very much so. And when that target's set, when them targets are set, you go for it and nothing will deter you off that path. Nothing. But it's a bit I mean, like the well you were saying you love the heat. Despite mm. the fact when I'm in Atlanta and I run on the heat, I don't particularly like running on the heat. I don't care what the well is like. I'll just run. But none of us so can look at schedule. you like it's done. None of us, and she talks <laughs> about this, like I'm going to 520, I don't really know what she's talking about. <laughs> and her husband's like me go. <laughs> Last year, Donald had to drag me down under the wee village because I was. We, we would spend days wrecking the streets <laughs> looking for places for Granny to run on the flat because she didn't want to hurt her toe, forward slash yeah. ankle, forward slash knee. Well, I had about a speed tempos to do. So, well, as I say, we had like a, a mile and a half hull to get to get out of our campsite. No, see, that's not good. Cause if you've got to start down the hill, it's not good for your Achilles. Well, that's what happened. The Achilles overloading on the Achilles. Yeah. No, seriously. You know what I mean? so, but then you've got to finish up. You, you, I mean, Lots of good athletes used to do hill training. They used yeah. to run up the hill uh, and get driven back down again. Yeah. Mary, Mary Decker Slaney, her husband, used to drive her back down mm. because she didn't want to run, are, there's a job run for your girl. down the hill. <laughs> but what what you were going back to say, Nick, and you were saying how driven she is, mm. the fact that I was trying to 12, 12 or 13 weeks ago lift her arm up and she looked as though I literally just punched her in the face because she couldn't feel her arm. And her shoulder was sore. And I'm thinking, how am I, how are we going to dance? She went, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. And she, you know, she she came through it. She was incredibly focused. And it was the fact that 
if I was doing something and it was sore, I'd be like, you know what, I can't I'll just just sack that. Mm. But it but was... I think it's because I have different goals, and your goals are always around winning, and my goals are around winning. We did they're... win, didn't we? Yeah, we, I know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Best of all but, but, but no, but what, no, but I, I mean, when again. But what I mean when you're training. I think in your racing, I I I, this, I only realise now in retrospect what I did when I did strictly. I took myself out of every possible comfort zone that I. Aaron was very concerned. He's a great friend of mine, as you know, and he was like, "You don't engage with people. You can talk, but you don't engage. You are." And we talk about my emotionally barren physique, you know, and your space, and my space, and my sociopathy, frankly. And I, I talk about that in a joking way, but medicine makes you like it. And, you know, I believe that, the you know, you end up in this false impact of the GMC where you have to sell a part of your soul and not be yourself, particularly in the surgery. And I think what actually happens then is the government, believe it or not, I'm not going to go on a government rant, but they teach me to think in 10 minute slots and it does mm. compromise your thinking and it does change how you are. And so when I entered into doing this, it was like, right, you can't, if an arm doesn't work, if a shoulder doesn't work, you have no sensation in your hand, you can't drive properly, uh, you have no reflexes, and you don't really know the guy, and you can't do personal space, and you hate everybody except your own five friends. Okay. And, well. and, and I said, I genuinely think I can do it. And Sean knows me the best, and he said, I think she can do it. And Aaron, every time I went to training session, Aaron would message me, how did you get on, how did you get on? And he said himself, eventually, he didn't have to, because he just knew I'd made up my mind. Hmm. And that, that's, what you, that's where you are. And I can see that. I see you putting up the posts and I see you looking naked and think, I have absolutely no doubt that you will do it. None. And it's got nothing to do with, people will give you tips about nutrition and people will say, people give me tips about do this and wear this shoe. I never gave a fiddler's damn what they were saying. I knew that I would be able to dance with Eddie on the night. But I didn't know when and I didn't know how long it would take, but I knew that I had it on me and I don't think you're going to be any different. Hmm. And the, the injuries become part of it. And not mm. a, 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 a case of or whatever. So now yeah. look, it's I'm fixed. <laughs> so, well, I'm not, but I'm much, much better. Your so right arm too? Yeah, yeah, my right arm. Doesn't really work on a podcast. Uh, oh, well, fair. <laughs> I guess it's good So tell me, how, what's, what's the longest t- period of time you've been done continuous training? Continuous training. Our biggest session was um, we cycled down to Muckish Mountain, climb Muckish Mountain. And then cycle back. So that was about seven and a half hours that day. Um, How did you get on nutritionally? Nutritionally, I, w- I was actually not too bad. Um, see, Aiden, he drove down and met me at the mountain. So I had a, a wee transition box down there. So I was able to get food and stuff under me. I had um, gels and stuff on the bike. How do you find the gels in your gut? I have no bother with gels. You know, people say give you an upset stomach and stuff. I've never, never had any issues with gels. I actually find them, find them handy. When I ran the double marathon, I did have a bit of bother with the gels. But what happened was I was getting it tight on the 16 mile mark. And I'd, I'd done two gels at once. Right. Oh. And I had a bottle. I, I was just coming up to the, the Lucasaid. Because there's like a water stop, a Lucasaid stop, a water stop. And I, I didn't realise I was just coming up to Lucasaid stuff, so I was like, I'll get a drink of water here. And they only had Lucasaid, so I was washing down two gels with Lucasaid, and my body just was just diabetic shutting down. Diabetic stuff in the stomach. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, that, that was the only time I ever had issues. But the, the whole thing's a learning curve, you know, I'll know now, don't do two gels at a time, yeah. Yeah. you know. And that's, yeah. nutrition comes down to, you know, anybody that we're talking to on this, it just comes to, uh, you, you have to, to practice. Know see what your body can handle and mm-hmm. so do you think this is a physical challenge or do you think this is a mental challenge um, no, knowing what you know now knowing what I know now um, I don't know <laughs> I think um, for me 
it, it, it's always going to be a physical challenge to some extent because I've never done mm. anything like this before. Um, I still don't think my body is ready to, to do the risk, so I'd, I'm still going to have to put on the work right up until the, the wire. Um, but the the mental thing is what's going to make or break me on the day. and I, I know that. Um, there, there was a wee stage in the, the double marathon where I thought, uh, you know, at the 20 mile mark, I thought, what I, about could, I could just sack this now you know I've, but you don't though that's the mm-hmm. thing it's uh, you kept on going that's that's it and you know the those those wee thoughts they come and go you oh. know another another mile down the road i was grand and, and if you were running what? 5k you'd feel the same uh, because you'd be running the hell a lot faster uh, which is only uh, th- over three miles and i mean i know since i i last year i started training for 5k something that i dipped on and out of but i never really done a 5k schedule before right so everything was shorter but much faster and i found that really 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 hard um, but like that, even doing a 5k because you're going as fast as you possibly can, stuff. and I eyeballs out, and you're trying to still keep that endurance or that three mile time going. There, there yeah. is at about two miles for me, anyway. I think, fuck, throw yeah. a towel on here. Yeah. Um, it's about yeah. chemical, of, I mean, it's dopamine, but you don't I mean, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. a lack of dopamine. Can I, I, I just remember having that one awful race, the very first race I ever did. And it was almost nihilistic. I mean, it was total nihilism. Just run, going, what the fuck am I doing? Jesus, it's eight o'clock or nine o'clock in the morning, and the pissing. Liam Ball is always the most awful weather. That's what it is. That's why I, awful. I, I, I mean, you have to beg marshals. <laughs> go on, yeah, go on, marshal. <laughs> it's rotten, and it's really long because it's a pool swim. So everybody, it's really staged, and it's it's great because the very, that actual race, I come in two minutes faster than Dermot Connolly, and my mother to this day hasn't worked out that he was too. Two, two, two waves in front of me. <laughs> oh, and then Dermot Connolly is a, a, a doctor in the, who is like an Irish elite triathlete. Right. I'm like, oh, you bit Dermot. And I had the heart to bit her off or no. But Excellent. they just didn't work out. You're supposed to subtract 40 <laughs> minutes from your time or whatever. But I, I, one of the things I would suggest is learn to understand where that comes from and understand the chemistry of it. Yeah. It's like a hangover. If you just go, it's just chemistry. It's going to settle itself. And there are there is a guy, um, Hugh Hegarty, I don't know if you know him. He does mm. a lot of neurolinguistic programming. And he is super good practical guy. I'm just thinking he might actually be somebody worth chatting to. Aye, definitely. Because he, um, is a, I'm not hoping that's anything out of school because everybody knows about it. So, But he certainly has a fear of the water, I think. And he self-hypnotises. Right. Before he does. So he did a triathlon. And I was a girl, friend of our Carmel, that does your day. She was organising it. So of course, you know, we always, that's the other thing. If you do this stuff, you marshal at everything. Yeah. And you can't always, like every Sunday morning you're doing the park run, you just end up constantly... <laughs> marshalling or racing or entering or, or doing something but he would um, self-hypnotise to get into the water so there's definitely tools and strategies for when you're getting those dark moments and they mm. will be very prominent if it's an endurance event I would imagine Aye. there's also a really good I don't know if you're a big reader but there's, I'm just thinking in terms of uh, there's that what do you call your mad woman that really crazy fast triathlete that, that, that one that no the word fast <laughs> fast, fast athlete uh, she won um she won Kona, crazy, and she's kind of been ensconced in a lot of stuff about. Uh, you don't mean the American one that went to not English teacher, now. but her book's very good. But she writes a really, and she talks about her mental space. She's the kind of person that falls off the bike and then goes out the next day with her plaster paris on, you know. Oh, right. But a lot of those stuff things are very. Those people are very just mental. But I I think the fact that you've done a marathon and you know you okay the worst the worst you got at the end is your marathon and if your biking's improved and you know again yeah. I, I just think if you've if you're mentally ready for it 
as Nicholas said, you'll get through it. But yeah. it, it, it will get dark moments during bloody all the events. But you need mm. to make sure that, that you're fed. And and a good <laughs> friend of mine, he did an Ironman six years ago, and he had a rucksack on his back. And somebody asked him, "What is in your rucksack?" He goes, "A barn brack." He bought a f- fully buttered barn brack with him during his Ironman. Well, do you know? Do you see some of these older Ironmen? They do do they do scones and yeah. barn brack and marmalade, and they're like, right. "That's all you need: your slow carb and your fast yeah. carb." But I suppose a good bit of tap two would be: don't do anything first for the first time, ah, yeah. you know, and you know, just practice all your different bits and pieces. Ah, what do you think in the bike? A hundred k bike? What's what's the tips? You've done a lot of that. Well, I I had to do a ninety k bike, and I've to me as a, a, the same as Nicholas' husband. I I mainly do sprints with the odd Olympic. Yeah. Um, but it was half Ironman distance, but I didn't have to run. So I thought, well, the swimming's fine, but but the cycling has gone from twenty k sprint, forty k Olympic, or ninety k. And to me, it's like that's ninety k. <laughs> it's ninety kilometers. <laughs> That, that's an awful long way and somebody said but have you ever I said yeah I have done 60 miles but not at that speed huh. and I and I might do one one or two a year not and I have to race at that um, and it was a case of that distance if it was 80k so that's 50 miles but the that extra bit you know that's why that whole thing about half marathon is is hard but a marathon I just honestly it's just yeah. the fact that you have to end with a marathon but again you'll be ready for it and you'll be trained, and um, do you ever train on your own? I do most of my training on my own. Uh, well, yeah. then you'll you'll know yourself. You'll be become very self disciplined. Yeah. I think training on your own, something well, I believe, is very good for you. Yeah. Because mm. your your race day, despite the fact there's a couple of hundred people around you, I don't know many that'll be taking part in that, yeah. that event, but you are racing against your own clock, or mm. you're racing for you. So yeah. training with people all the time. Sometimes I think oh, it's nice on your club nights. Yeah. But I think you know if you if you learn to train yourself, and, that's a very um, good point, Ronnie. Yeah, and going out running on them long runs, so them endurance runs, yeah. are, are, are are as we were talking tedious and 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 grueling, but irrelevant of the weather. You know, get your music on and say, yeah. right, you know what, I'm not going out with anybody. Yeah. I'm going out the day to myself and I'm do my four hour run and and training on your own is self discipline's yeah. good. I think it it pushes you. It, yeah. it, 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 um, it drives you on that wee bit more and you know you can identify I can do this yeah. I don't need other people around me or to push me I can do this because I've done a lot of my own training on my own yeah. well I've, I've, yeah. I've accepted the fact that I'm <clears throat> going to be on my own the, probably the majority of this race yeah. is, there, um, is, there, is there an argument that you should say to people like me or Aaron or anybody anybody want to do this and get more people on board who would do it with you because I know lots of people would do stuff for training to, to train if you're, particularly in the days you're lacking the motivation uh, you know, um it's oh, well, a jungle call. Anybody want to go around with me to the complex? You'll be surprised. People uh, will step up for you, I would say. I will. Um, I, I think I'm more comfortable on my own because right. I know I'm going to be on my own. Ah, well, fair enough. Mm. Um, that's, I, I had looked at, you know, maybe maybe joining one of the cycling clubs and stuff, but what I don't want to do is get comfortable, you know, cycling in yes. packs yep. and then all of a sudden then yep. I have to do a, a 100k on my own and, yeah. and I'm not used to it. Um, well, even, your, even your weaker discipline, I don't know what your weaker uh, one is. It's... Uh, you know, maybe like that, get someone to, or to grip up with your day. Uh, and uh, on that weaker discipline, you think, Jesus, it's just no, something I, I have to do this the day. Just enjoy it. I don't yeah. want to do it. make it enjoy it a bit more yeah. or something? Well, I haven't, um, I haven't really had any, any bad days. Bar that last day, I put a wee post up to say, you know, I, I just had no motivation. Oh, but I, I have uh, to say, there's something, you just, 
there, there's you just have this ability to do this is the way that you write it you can hear the <laughs> there's, there's no but there's no patty on it now you no. should you, you could look and learn it already um <laughs> <laughs> there's no self-pity there's no marinating and misery and <laughs> back to my foot <laughs> but you know you, you do seem when they have the intrinsic skills that are required and mm. I think I'm not the kind of person I don't think you need my affirmation but I'm not the kind of person that if I thought somebody you know we would chat quite a lot at the start and okay I don't think yeah. you have care package Aaron McConney <laughs> did forward slash slabber um, but you know we had quite a lot of chats at the start and I know a lot about this stuff even yeah. if and again this is the one thing just if you're just because you're shite at something doesn't mean that you don't know a lot about it yeah. you know you know sadly in our house you know we buy each other Cycling magazines. <laughs> I know where you're going with Be quiet. But, you know, that sort of stuff, you, you kind of know if somebody has it or they don't. And you would be gentle. You know, I have people come to me and I'm like, oh, you know, huh. don't. But the other thing is, prepare, you know, that's all this prepare to fail business. My only worry is it is so close to your wedding huh. that if it doesn't go the way you want it to go, which, and that's the other thing, and Eddie, I mean, Grania as well, you can go out and you can puncture and puncture and puncture. Yeah. Or you can go out and you can go out over... Like, I was out running a couple of years ago with my buddy Liam and like him and I have been training together for years. And it was half six in the morning, quarter past six. We turned left down a long, narrow alley, which we always go down. And I came off and that was my ankle out, yeah. broken whole Amlin four years ago. And sitting, getting... You know, it just can happen. Mm-hmm. And it's just how are you going to tee that off mm. two weeks before the most important day of your life? Discuss. Yeah. <laughs> you see, this, this is me uh, asking you, that, that would worry me a no, wee bit the timing's good in some a lot of ways but it is such a big thing for you to achieve that you have to prepare that it can't contaminate your wedding if it doesn't uh, go the way you want it no I think I've I've got myself under a frame of mind that you know and I know from the start I was not under no illusions that you know I was going to go in and walk this um, I think the, the main aim was can we complete it or, or, or can we complete it that's that's the thing if if I don't finish this I'm not going to beat myself up Good. about it for no, for months. And also, you know, if you don't fo- finish it because injury or just uh, you know event something happens, you have all that training banked. Ah, yes. you have banked it all. It's, it's the journey. There. Look yeah. at all the people that's you've right. met and all uh, the opportunities. That's the thing. And yeah. you know anything that anybody does, people. That's something that I think elites mm. sometimes do. It's all about the last bit. Mm-hmm. Ah. But in actual fact, it's all about that ah. stuff. And yeah. winning is great. I think allegedly, <laughs> apparently, but I wouldn't know. But but I you will push you on to the next event. Uh, you know, well you will. You will. That's it. That, the, the, this whole thing started because me and Avon wanted to start a podcast. It didn't start because I wanted to compete in this event. The event yeah. was kind of the thing that, that, oh, that just okay. for most people it would probably podcast. be the other way about it. That's that's yeah. it. So um, and do you enjoy doing the podcast? I actually do enjoy it. You know, yeah, we're meeting loads of people. We're 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 gaining loads of knowledge and something that we both knew nothing about really. So you know that. The whole journey has been has been brilliant, and if I don't end up finishing this race, or if I don't get over the finish line, I'll still look back and go, "Well, look at the look at the journey that we've ah, had, look incredible. at what we accomplished." Yeah, um, and we'll move on to the next thing. You know, I, I probably and look the at me, I'm hot and <laughs> 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 married. <laughs> <laughs> look at my fourteen pack. <laughs> But look at all the positives you're going to gain at it, ah. you know. But you will finish it. No, you, you will. You will complete it. Unless you know, I get I get plagued by injury between ah. me and the, and the wrist. I think I've I think I will get over the finish line. I've broke it down in my head that 
there's a half marathon to start with. I know I can run a half marathon mm-hmm. comfortably. Um, the kayak leg will... I'll be fine on the kayak leg, even if my arms are bit by the end of it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need my arms to the rest of the race. Mm-hmm. As long as I have a strong bike then, you know, you have the two big long bike stages. If mm-hmm. I can get my bike... Are you on a carbon bike? No, I'm not on a carbon bike. I do plan on getting a carbon bike before the race starts, and just just for that uh, extra okay. wee. When you were out in my carbon, did you find it comfortable? I was comfortable. Well, that's so a, we'll that's talk... the only time I was on a on a carbon well, bike. So we'll talk about that. You can take mine out. Ah, brilliant. That's sort of. <laughs> the first time James Beatty introduced me. There was a wee cycling group. That's James right. Beatty was starting off on that's a Sunday right. morning. Yes, right. And uh, Ni- Nicholas says you can turn up at nine o'clock, and there's a wee, a wee group of us, and um, I'm bringing a wee first aid. Pack or something, me or, or uh, no, the cycling a, kit. A, a helmet. Sorry, a puncture helmet. kit. Here you go. Here's me. Here's first me. Aid. First aid. But anyway, well, I needed a first aid kit, but I ended. I landed with my Wayne's bike because I don't possess a bike. I never but seen worse on my life. I think they could not believe that I mean, because I love running, and they couldn't yeah. believe that I could turn up not given a flying shite. No, what bike but look like what size? Well, the fact it wasn't was. even roadworthy was my bike. <laughs> there, to be quite honest, and, and the uh, stabilizers as well. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah. With Ali Rose <laughs> on the long side of the bike. Yeah. But Jesus, I kept swallowing flies. That's the thing. That's what I always say. If you're going uh, to go on a high protein diet, just head down the inch at six a.m. <laughs> Cheap <laughs> breakfast. You just take an inhale, and all these flies land in your trachea. <laughs> oh, and it's like oh. So, but it uh, does toughen you up. Loving the cycling, I don't like cycling. I love that's cycling. That's why I never do a I, I, The big problem for me is I, for me, the, the big problem is going to be that I, I'm going to hopefully get back to the running slowly. The but the bike. You're joking. I the, the, the what am I going to call it? Joke. Joking. Joking. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So walking's out and joking's in. Okay. Got it. And uh, see, look, newisms. We're just making new. We're creating <laughs> new new vernacular already. But I can't cycle my own because it's just too dangerous because of mm. my stuff. I, I just wouldn't be safe enough. And the fact that I'm not supposed to cycle at all, I suppose this would be the main thing, but I'm not prepared to do that. I've decided I'll take my chances and be, I'll manage the risk. I accept that it's risky and I will manage the risk. And that's the best that I'm willing to offer my yeah. my love of the bike at this stage. But to walk into my the garage the other day and look at 20 bikes and just, if just you know, you just it's a touch of cliche, but yeah. I just literally have like, <laughs> this is this is the, this is the country of my birth. And as I say, the irony is, I mean, the the, the feeling that gives me when I'm not good. Yeah. Imagine what it must be to be really good and go. You know, you have been off the roads for months on end with your. Well, I'm off the roads now four months. Cronia, right. right, 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 right. This Andre, this Andre. Cronia, you're not off the roads for months. You ran seven mile in the grass this evening. I'm talking about no, no. I'm, when you're off, I'm not supposed to. When you're to off, be. you're off. <laughs> okay, okay. What I was saying to you, you never do what you're told. You're not. No, but, but, then, but then, but I also tie him that, and I say that's why you get injured so much because you can't listen. But that's that. On holidays, I was training for the dairy half, so um, that's why I continued training when we were in Italy. So you're talking it was only four or five weeks before the dairy half, yeah. and I came back, and because I. Um, overloaded on the Achilles and on the hulls hmm. I haven't raced since but devastating and then I was a tr- hoping to run for Northern Ireland this year again and uh, must the entrance race of course so the wee physio says to me look we'll get you if, if you can get a pass by the Northern Ireland um, manager if he gives hmm. you a pass uh, the coach then maybe we'll get you race ready but unfortunately that passed through right. in Swansea so but you just sort of brush yourself down and hope yeah, that next year but, but, next but year. what you learn is you end up with a group of people that are your friends yeah. that even if they're all very different and desperate mm. there is a core value that nothing will ever stop you it, it's not about being the best it's, but there's a certain type of person in their 40s that trains regularly mm. and nothing will stop them they'll be injured they'll be 
hurt. They'll be told you will never swim again. And they'll be told you will never, ever swim again. This swimmer is just horrific. Mm. Probably one of the most devastating things that I've ever had. And I don't think I will be able to swim again. It's not a risk I can't take. Mm. But I do think that there is a, just there's certain, do you not think there's a certain sort of steel in people that train there is? And that's what you'll, you've learned yeah. and that's what you'll see. And you'll keep it up. I'll be very surprised mm. that after the wedding if you don't. Uh, I think, I, well, that's, we've already talked, me and Aidan, saying, you know, what's what's the next step? Where do we go after after this race? Um, divorce, uh, probably. If you're going <laughs> to carry on that training when you're married, divorce. Uh, no, I don't, I don't, well, I don't know. I don't know what, what, tri- what about triathlon? Event. We've, we've looked at a triathlon. Um, Can you swim? No, I can't swim. That that'll be my next challenge to learn how to swim. Uh, okay. Well, can I can I can swim, but I couldn't swim any great distance. Well, whenever whenever we did try, whenever I did the Liam Ball or whatever, I did a couple of races, and then Sean did the marathon, and I was the doctor at that marathon, so I saw him coming in. It was very emotional. Then I was doing the City of Culture, so it was the same year. It must have been the, no, the, I had the two thousand and thirteen City of Culture triathlon. And I was swimming in the ocean, in the sea, and the river foil, and it was brilliant. Hmm. And you know, people laugh about the foil. I love swimming in the foil. It's just you know, I remember my daughter last year. There was like a like a kiddie race and body swim, body swim, body swim. Me and her, and we went jumped in. This is before I hurt myself, and like you know, I had to carry her, you know, basically around yeah. the the pool, but around the the, the the river. But Sean marshaled that triathlon, hmm. and he said to me, "I am never going to do a marathon again." He says, "I actually get more of a buzz of the triathlon." People and the marsh, the, the you know, they actually he, he marshaled in transition, and everybody is it sounds such a cliche, but you know, everybody knows who the elites are, yeah. but there is no sense of you're useless, or yeah. there yeah. is a real sense that there's a because it's bloody hard, even if you're at the back, it's a hard, it's a one hour 50 minute or one hour 40 minute, you know, swim runs, yeah. it's not easy, and my husband couldn't swim a length. He literally, I used to love it because I was, you know, we used to go swimming on holidays and he would come out and it'd be all Mr. Cool dude and I'd be like sitting like his ma going, <laughs> giving, giving the fingers for anybody. And I, I used to be able to swim so he couldn't swim and I would just be sort of swimming away posing. And then he just went and got lessons and within a year he was doing, you know, he's 14 minutes, you know, 13 and a half, 14 minutes. But it is, it's a, it's, a, it's a technical sport so you yeah. just practice and practice and practice and just like that it happens and it's, Something I think I think I've decided that that's going to be your next target. We're going to get you in the tri suit uh, and I, get you in the transition. And I'll, I'll Eddie, what do you do your transition on? Probably about thirty. It depends. It depends. It depends on the. As I said, some of them are four hundred meters. Some of them are fifty meters. It depends. But what what? No, but when you're in transition. Oh. Yeah. Well, you probably have to look in the mirror and pose and no, point and. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> thirty seconds. Yeah, I suppose thirty seconds. So that's that's kind of Ailey Morrison. And no. like, you watch Ailey Morrison like off a wetsuit. It's watching the watch. I love. I actually love transition because they're all they just. No. And then you sort of as the as the race gets slower and slower, you know, you see people like me just literally, you know, nice. pulling suits off. But um, it's something I think it's it is very challenging and. Don't assume because it's short that it wouldn't challenge you as much uh, as what you're doing. That's what I would say to you. No, that, uh, definitely. Um, me and Aidan have talked about going for a triathlon anyway, so I think we're looking at maybe doing the Liam Ball. When is the Liam Ball? Liam Ball will be April. April. But it, would you do your try a try first? I'll get to you. Uh, there's when always is a try-try. the next try a try? The next try a try. There's usually one in February and there's usually one in April. Which that means you've only like Which 10 lengths. Ends uh. up at the the Liam Ball the week because week or two Liam Ball the could Liam. be the end of April or the very beginning of May it's usually though, the, the bank holiday yeah, isn't it that's right, yeah. Yeah. and it's not the nicest the swim's nice it's a lovely event for the, for Derry it's a lovely yeah. event for Liam's family Um, it's a nice 
event for uh, for a novice hmm. because the, you know if in my when I'm having hallucinations and I think I will get back and just do it for fun, I do know that I'll never ever swim in the sea or in the river again unless it's a body swim or it's a bit of fun with friends. I I mean one kick to that then I'd be out. You know I hmm. wouldn't be able to work again. There are many anything else because I need to have something on my hand when we work with my job, but pool swimming. Is it's not what what most triathletes do it for. They do it for right. the thrill, yeah. and you know both Aaron and Ryan talked about that. You know, and Aaron Ryan particularly riffs hilariously about it in various yeah. pages and LinkedIn and that. It is an absolute free for all. I remember somebody lifting his leg and kicking me in Belfast, and I got out of the water and I swear to God I couldn't see six inches in front of me. And I we come down to Derry and it was my best event ever. It was the Titanic, and we come down to Derry. My brother-in-law and I did it together, and we come down and my sister was in Derry with my brother and my husband brother, and we were getting ready to go. Out in the bar, that's the best. But you know, you just get ready. You look at the results, and you're not the very last. But event this particular one, I was grand, and uh, I had the big footmark on my neck. <laughs> Somebody, so that's what people do. Yeah. So start off with a pull, is my as my advice. Yeah. And even then, people just swim over the top. And you oh mean, yeah, massively. And that that's that's all triathletes hate. Well, most triathletes hate swimming. Yeah. So, they, so they're at their most vulnerable in the pool. They don't. They're you know less the least closed, the most exposed. And most of them, it's not their first their, or their favourite. Yeah. So they're at their worst and they will they just rip and pull and kick and punch, don't they? But you were going back to marshalling with, with Sean. I did a triathlon this year and I didn't feel right. And as soon as I got out of the swim and got on the bike, I thought, oh, God. And I just, I, I was sick. And I thought, no, I've come all this way. It was down in Newry and I'm going to finish. And I did the, I checked my split afterwards. For the 5K, I did 49 minutes. And I ran about 1K, then I had to walk the rest of the time and try mm. to run. And every single marshal, every single person that was going past was going, come on, big fella, come on. And I was like thinking, I'm not normally this slow, really. And but they were just so supportive. <laughs> come on. Well keep, done, Nicola. Come on. Don't be lat. <laughs> keep a lat. Come on, keep a lat. <laughs> keep a lat. Oh, before we ever... Oh. And you know what? This might sound funny. There is real honour in marshalling as well. Right. You know, there's just a whole cohort of people in this town who go to the park run for the kids whose children are raised and reared and done and they turn up every Sunday morning for this free event. And then, you, you know, marshalling is a... there is It is the fourth discipline for triathlon. There is nothing without marshals. There will yeah. never be any yeah. events without marshals. You know, and it's funny because about two years ago I was getting lazy and my buddy Sean, he's a, Sean Heaney, he's a good friend of, of Eddie's as well. Uh, I, I just I just this one particular one summer, I think I just was partying too much and i just done a few wee minor ones and I did lots of the baking and giving everybody sorted afterwards and he just said you know since when did you become a professional marshal <laughs> <laughs> and I got he was right and I said right that's it so like the three in a row then or something but I was I just got a bit lazy on it and it's quite difficult when there's two of his racing and yeah. one of his is better and Sean is much much better and he that was getting better and my man dad watch her you know you just yeah. trying to balance it but it Ultimately, I was just turning myself into a professional marshal <laughs> and being lazy about it. Oh, somebody needs to marshal, but it doesn't really need to be me every week, you know. Your so. your kids marshal now, don't they? Kids all do triathlon as well. Uh, well Dara, that's... my son, my nine year old, has finally managed to get under the team, under the club. You have to be able to do a certain number of lengths. Right. He is um, a natural runner. He's a really good runner. He outruns brother and sister. They all do park run. They do something every Saturday and Sunday morning without fail. Huge disciplining for us as parents. And who to discipline for them. And if mm. they're not doing something, and if the, if the tri club's not on, they do the park run. Morna's the the girl. She's a wee bit. She just now purely does it for aesthetics. She does it for physique. She's not. Yeah. She doesn't race. Um, and her wee best friend is a triathlete, a wee bit a wee guy, and then she runs with Gronya's daughter. Um, Donal is 
just at that age but Dara's a wee bit more gifted but he couldn't mm. get this woman and he just got it so it was a huge transition oh, so we are a bit of a dosy triathlon kind of <laughs> none of us have got any normal t-shirts we've just got seven thousand performance t-shirts <laughs> technical t-shirts uh, black do you want pink do you want tell us about medium large it's like ding 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 and then the sad dairy muller and you somebody standing there there's about 20 t-shirts here about, I'll take them and you know why am I taking these t-shirts I don't need them but again I bag them up and you can get them up to you know to uh, the wee running clubs or locally or, or whatever so that's that's what will happen You're, it becomes natural all summer long Sean and I watch the European Championships we watch the Tour de France this, you know, this, every, mm. we just watch cycling from 10 in the morning to 10 at night and it just you just get completely addicted yeah. and it's good for the kids, you know. It, yeah. it does motivate you to get, get them up in the morning and out and about. And oh, yeah. definitely. It's, it's great and it's um like that there. Um, it has a great discipline for the wines. Yeah. We, I, me and Aidan talked about this on a podcast with someone before but I was never on any kind of sports club or anything like that when I, when I was younger. Like, um, all my sisters were in the gymnastics, that school dancing, you name it, they were doing it. My brother was really good at football. I was just, I was the one that sat in the house and played Nintendo and played Sega and my, until I was about, you know, 15 or 16. So you were 28. <laughs> until about 11 o'clock. <laughs> there, this morning. <laughs> um, but uh, I'll, I'll definitely, it's something that my wee boy Jake now, I'll 100% be putting him on the some sort of sport. Like, because it's, just, it's just so, it's, it's, you know, I, just for the job I do, I work in a really brilliant practice. It's deprived. It's a lot of people really struggle to make ends meet. And I, you know, we Sean and I made a decision. You know, you, you kind of I I don't think he c- can do everything. And we sort of decided: are we going to take him to the sporty stuff because we like it, and we'll stay at it, and we'll stay engaged, or will we do the you know the music, kind of the music and dancing and, and all that? Yeah. And you know, I went to my daughter today was dancing, and I took her once, and she begged <coughs> me on the way home. To never go again, <laughs> because I just was like, uh. not me. And so we just decided we're just going to stick with sport and discipline them. And you know, I, I put up a really funny photograph of kids where it's, the strike games over two nights, and on the Friday night the the two boys went, and Dara's only nine, and he got on his bed, and Sean got up. At, so we were up early, no matter what time I go to bed, I wake up at half five. It's a pain in the ass. So we're up early, and Sean's like, I think I'll go to PSBR, and I said that's fine, and I go and get the kids up to go to swimming, and the two of them are like, Mommy. <laughs> We sat up half the night supporting you. And I was like, boys, I don't care. <laughs> so I have this fabulous photograph of them just totally miserable. And they know it does, They know it's not up for discussion. And yeah. it, I just think it sets down. I swam for years and years and years for the study dairy. And I got up at half five every morning. And I think it's, like, I think it's my mother always had a saying, nothing good gets done lying on your butt. Get mm. up and, you know, all, you know, get up early and get it done and dust it. So that, and to be honest, I think it made me, when I was studying, it helped me. When I, at those disciplines helped me when I, I was one of those doctors that did the 120 hour, hours mm. a week with colleagues dying from physical and mental illness around you six mm. guys in a year or whatever in the first year dying you know literally and you're just like how did I manage that and it was just the, the, the mental training that this woman gave you so I was determined that they were going to keep doing that and it's you know I see so many people busting themselves they go look as Gronya just said a pair of trainers and like you know my friends bring me bags of trainers I can give them the area Eddie's a teacher take them down to the youngsters and it's just a, circu- a circular way of keeping people involved and engaged and it shouldn't be that there but you know youngsters mm-hmm. wear trainers my boys wear trainers for five minutes then they don't need them and mm-hmm. just everybody should be just trying to keep it you know and the youngsters that come into me 14 and 15 in gym gear I just when they come to me in the surgery I breathe a sigh of relief I think there is a very good chance that they're not going to be pissed mm-hmm. or if they are they have to get up and train the next morning and you know and a lot of people parents use their sports 
and use those to try and keep them on a straight path a straight during those difficult simple, yeah. times that the town is facing at the minute. And, you know, sport is a big part of the answer, in my opinion. And people think that's very naive. And I'm going, I'm 25 years in this job and I've seen what makes people have good mental health yeah. and good mental, you know, mental fortitude or whatever. And like that, the discipline of, of, of it's even like us as grown ups, like Saturday nights. I mean, years ago, I used to love me painting on Saturday night. One or two drank out of a dirty dishcloth. Or a sock. And you know, I'm getting up in the morning, you know, the dirty bag fry. Yeah. Jesus, I wouldn't dream it now. On a Saturday night when I go out, with the exception of last Saturday night, I had saved that for my extra glass of wine <laughs> because Strictly was on and, Nicola, um, and Eddie was doing it. Um, but like that on a Sunday morning, I, I my friends, my older friends, think I am so born. Mm. You know, my my, my friends away back there think I'm so born because on Sunday morning I'm saying they'll say you know we'll go out on a Saturday night for a pint or she fancy going out for a bite to eat. Put it into my head, I'd, and I'm like, <laughs> no, oh, Jesus, no, no, I have a risk. Actually, going on Sunday morning, yeah. I, uh, you know, oh no, I'm going to Grancy to do my own. It would not. No, yeah. that doesn't stop me sitting and enjoying a glass of wine. Yeah. But like that, it, it, you become more disciplined uh, and more focused. And it's a life change. Uh, totally, absolutely, totally. Now, the thing, the problem is it can bore your mm. friends yes. that are not in sport and they think, at your age, get a grip, you know. You, no, and my, you're my always injured. You Jesus. used to be a great crack, Nicola. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a recurring theme. But equally, my friends who've known how difficult things were me for the mm. last couple of months, my four friends from school, um, we've been friends since we were 11 and they sat in the second row strictly and there was, I mean, they were like proud parents. They just knew the journey and they were like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't have done that. I couldn't do that. And of course you could. And they're like, no, I couldn't. And they're like, every triathlon I do, they love, one of my friends lived in the corner Talbot and they used to just stand and then they would zoom down. Do, and, you know, the problem is, is that when you do races and you are near the back, you don't realise that you're near the back of a group of extremely fit people. Huh. But when you actually go out into the normal population, they do believe, like my friends genuinely believe that, you know, I give Bradley Wiggins tips in cycling. They think I'm that good. <laughs> and it's only because I, I, put, I put a cleat on, you know, yeah. that, that's, so you have to sometimes realise even when you aren't doing very well, you're doing very well, you're not doing very well within a group of very fat people and you're still finishing. Do you know but what I mean? you're a very fat person you compared to yeah. your friends you know, a, lot of, a lot of people. But, you know, your friends, my friends know that if I'm training, you know, at the minute they're all like, we're not going to see her now for a year. We just know she started <laughs> again. I go, no, I know I'm in the zone. I know whenever I go in, it's just like, but, you know, I'm beginning to get a wee bit compulsive. I would say if you got me back in three months, I'll be like, <laughs> You know, not, I'll, not, I'll not be anywhere near the podium and I'll still be waiting on my cycle from Eddie. But apart from that, Grony will go out with me. Eddie keeps talking about how he's going to... I will. Nah. Is, this on, is, this, is this live recorded? This can't be... Just, no, it's happening. It's happening. You can't edit it's this on out. record. Man. You can't edit this bit out. But if he's a race coming up, there's no chance. chance. Not all that time away from Caroline, she'll lunch him if he's <laughs> wasting his time out cycling. Because I train, I train in work. And strictly, as I said, I've I've got some um, husband time. You have to make up a got lot. Some husband time. It's <laughs> <laughs> all about yeah. Dave, but Dave Lee travels there. <laughs> Not half mate. <laughs> What's husband time? What do husband time? See my wife. What do husband time? <laughs> <laughs> that that's a really time. good topic I'll for the next. Really next day, bro. That's going, say, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the next uh, the next topic for your podcast. <laughs> what? We'll start our own top. Podcast, Grania. What do husbands do? Yeah. 
30 second vignettes. <laughs> well, not like, what do husbands do? You're, you're, My husband's amazing. I'm no, not going to lie. Your, your dance husband. Yeah. Who Who's playing tonight on telly at six o'clock? Who did I miss for you? You, you missed nothing. Arsenal. Arsenal's on right, telly. No, 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 no. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Oh. You missed Arsenal because you love the only person in the world that I know loves the sound of their own voice more than the <laughs> I love the sound of mine. That's why we get on because it is a total competition for airspace. But and no innuendos at all today. No, so we did very well. No, we didn't want to. We, we didn't want to let you down. But like, <laughs> they got a warning outside. So, um, so. What else have we got to talk about? Um, I'm completely lost on the the structure that we have for this. This podcast now. Well, well Nicola had other things in mind to talk about tonight, but I, I don't think we'd be well appropriate. <laughs> no. That's <laughs> great. That's terrible. <laughs> well, if we have covered most things, we've covered most things. And good luck, young man. Exactly. Uh, good luck. When is your event happening? Next so March? It's next March. Say? Next March. Uh, so I still have I still have loads of time mm. to train. Well, um, you, ha- you have, but, uh, you know. It's, I, um, I haven't, I haven't. Um, from a start you're organising a wedding too remember uh, March to what you're saying to be. what do husbands to be do that'll be the <laughs> second <laughs> podcast <laughs> um, when, it, when in March is it what, the 23rd oh, you'll be in your late 40s by then <laughs> you'll have your birthday you're the same no age. March the 23rd <laughs> <laughs> anyway go on so my I'm between you <laughs> two's birthdays yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah very good um, and when's your wedding date the 6th of April so, two two weeks after, just over mm. two weeks. You will have uh, to be that honeymoon, and then day. back, yeah, and, and then back for the Liam Ball. Sweet <laughs> mate. But my, no, my thinking is he won't have the swimming under his belt by then if he's unless he starts at nine. He can't really have the time. But I'll nab him. Uh, well, Aiden's just Aiden's just put swimming onto my uh, rest weeks every four weeks. So this I is have, time to ring Audi. Right. And get a bit of that's Aiden has me in swimming for you know 45 minute swim session on my, my rest week. And I can't stay afloat for 45 minutes, I don't know what I'm gonna do there. Buoyancies, but buoyancy shorts. Do yeah. you have um, do you have any buoyancy? No, no, um, I've got a couple of things in the house to make me fuck uh, Oh, yeah. But, Right, wrap it up because he, <laughs> I, 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 he's beginning I'll to get this. How do you keep them buoyancy things? <laughs> I thought you'd grown out of them. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, the two sizes bigger than which she has now. Four sizes bigger than which she has now. <laughs> right, can we wrap it up? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. I haven't had my dinner yet. <laughs> I, I know, but I haven't had my dinner yet. Jesus. Um, well, then you have to now. Yes. Nutrition's important. Uh, we have, we have a, two more things to cover. Every guest that we have on, we ask them what accomplishment they are most proud of. Um, I suppose, is that something you should want to answer? Or have you got anything in mind, that one thing that you're most proud of? It doesn't have to be sports related, it can be anything. Well, you sort of, as a parent, you want to say your, your accomplishment of having your kids is sort of the most important thing in your but, life. But, but you don't mean it. But, but <laughs> that, take aside an that, and you, you know, <laughs> and you have to say that, but you go... I really love my wings. <laughs> but <laughs> I love me running more. <laughs> and, but I no, my mine's probably for me was running for Northern Ireland. Now uh, this year I hope to wear a green vest and run for Ireland. Uh, so um, and I will. So th- that's probably my my personal biggest accomplishment um, for me, and and the running world. I'll learn that is my four darling children and my wonderful husband, uh, and I love life. 
to the full. Love being married. Love me children. And I really do, actually. I think married life's class. If you marry the right one, of course. And um, Donald did marry the right one. I am brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I am perfect. <laughs> At everything. Except an American accent, but I'm all Yankified. She, she went to uh, Florida for two week holiday and she came back talking like that. <laughs> I do have a friend that, don't, you know, she steps off the plane and, uh, yeah, and uh, whatever, the accent whatever, whatever country she's on, she no, just gets right. shut out of your face. <laughs> <laughs> My wee sister went to America with school um, when she was in, when we were in primary school, the way they do them exchange mm. things. She was only there, I don't know, a couple of weeks. She came back and we were all sitting at the table for dinner and she says, did someone pass a ketchup and everyone just gets <laughs> <get> it in? <laughs> she she had loved it down at all. Um, what about you, Naga? What are you most proud of? Um, God, it's difficult to get me speechless. Um, well, I suppose the obvious, like Grania saying, it's you know sustaining a, a. I'm a bit of a workaholic. Um, I picked that up. Um, I'm trying to deal with that a wee bit, but not really because it's it yields great. I, I love it, and it's so. I, I, for me, for the biggest challenge of my life was at my 40th birthday. I weighed in at a weight that was just outrageous. Um, not through laziness and, and succulent laziness and the things that we've discussed before, but purely because the amount of mental energy that I require to um, to keep weight off is mm. quite a lot. And I self-caring is something I'm not particularly good at because I sort of think it happens organically and I, I kind of realise at 40 that it doesn't. So just after my 40th birthday, um, I my sister got annoyed with me and she basically said, I am 17 years younger than you and I'm really worried about you. And that was at the, what was the September, the August. And I was all, oh, I'm going to sort of, you know, what a coulda, shoulda, I'm going to be a contender, the usual. And then took on two more jobs and did not do anything about me. And I had three kids under five, six. And so she came back at the Halloween and burst into tears. Not quite tears, but just really... She just said, I'm really concerned. You know, mm. you're not looking after yourself. I wasn't partying, I wasn't going out. Just, I wouldn't eat for days. That was the, that was mm. the irony of it all. That is the irony of somebody who has a really significant weight problem. Um, So I made a decision. I was going to change it. And it's funny, I went over the bridge and I went to the city hotel where I was a memory to talk about it being like the most expensive swims in the world. Like to join us at the gym and have like two swims a year. Twice a year <laughs> exactly. You know, the 300 quid swim, you know. And it's Idris at the end of this pool, that's the only thing that makes it worth the swim. So very bluntly, I, I hooked up with a young fella and he trained me and in a year, for the year, more maybe, before I left the uni. And I lost maybe 110 pounds in eight months. Right. Um, and... Even though the weight goes up and down a bit, I'm currently in the weight, and I know I'm going to go right down to where I was the last time. I've got that feeling. I just know that I've got it. I've just—it's such a difficult thing to grasp. And the amount of—the irony is, when you're in it, the amount of energy requires is a quarter yeah. of the yeah. energy it requires to to, to, started, to, yeah. to to stay bloody fat. Yeah. So my biggest proudest moment for me was that that ability to accept that I have that chink in my armor. I don't feel guilty about it. It is what it is. I work you know I worked so hard that I completely forgot about me and I'm not saying that in any like you know mm. goodbye sense but I just had all of which I loved and loved the kids and all but I just did not find time to cook and find time to eat and find time to train and mm. through my and I never stopped even though the weight goes up and down about I never stopped and um, never stopped the training and then I was stopped dead on New Year's Eve to the mm. point of like and that took me out I did nothing until strictly 
Three months mm. ago. Three months ago. And like, can I tell you, it was, mm. it was like a death for yeah, all of us. It was awful. It was horrendous. It was, and, like, and I didn't make a big deal about it. You wouldn't know. If, I wouldn't talk about it. I didn't want to talk about it. So I suppose if you ask me what is my proudest moment, it probably my proudest moment is finding it in myself to believe that I could do it again when no one, including myself, on paper knew that I could. Mm. But I knew that I had to. And this was almost... I look back on Strictly now... And I believe that I didn't realise it at the time, but it was like a self-imposed intervention. And I made it, I bizarrely, as difficult as I could. I did it with somebody that I didn't really know. I committed to something that I'd never really done before. And it, I would say to anybody, that, that, that's not what I'm proudest of, but I would say to anybody, if there's always, just go for what does not seem possible. Huh. And you will get it if you're ready for it. And now I'm at the stage where Strictly's over, making that transition's fine. But I'm back in the zone. I'm training. You know, Sean and I have a... I know when we're back in the zone and I'm back is when mm. he and I have a conversation every morning. Right, what are you doing today? Right, what am I doing? Right, I'll go on the bike. You do this. Right, and is that bike lifted? And what about Robert? Right, and have you got mm. that? And when you start to have those conversations, mm. that's when I know. And I'm proud of that because that's hard to do when you've got, as number, you know, work the way I work and have three kids. I'm so lucky because Sean does the lion's share of anything that I'm like, Oof. you know, the, all the real stuff is done with Sean. And, the, you know, you would admit to that as well. Uh, Joe's Sean, a great guy, you know. And he, he does a lot mm. of the, the donkey work, the mm. background stuff, so if we can so flourish and uh, fly Because it. You know, it is hard work if, if you're married to somebody that likes to be very active. Now, Donald started running last year too and achieved a half marathon, done really well. He did. But um, he, he knows how important it is to me. It has become to me. Hmm. And um, he would, you know, step back. And you do need somebody in the background he, because, oh. you know. And he'll pick up all the pieces all the time. So that's probably what husbands do do. So we've kind of, we've actually done a podcast within the podcast. <laughs> okay. That's our first podcast on Grania. Why you edit that thing? <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Eddie? Well, I know you, you touched on it early on. I, the most emotional and was when my first child was born. It was yeah. just like something I've never ever experienced um past my driving test i was absolutely buzzing mm. yeah. oh, I remember Jesus, I my did you pass it first time of course see i, I passed <laughs> i used to <laughs> say, i passed my friend uh, i passed the test when I was, uh 17 and my first time you know i just it was there at that time it was just a uh, it was a big deal to pass it first uh, time mm. yeah so what else driving test um and i think sporting wise i think when uh, like we always wanted to do a break four minutes for 1500 so i think when that when I did that, that was great. Um, holding one in golf, that was a great buzz. You got a hole in one? Yeah, I got a hole on my 40th birthday, actually. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, um, and obviously, meeting Nicola and um, the well, curse to cover strictly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what about the curse of strictly? It's not a curse. Come on. It's not a curse. It's a is, is, is she going with there? No. I am a bit, actually. No. <laughs> It's called the menopause. That's, that's the cocody. <laughs> <laughs> the withdrawal because you've stolen them all from me. You have to count my tablets when I go into the house. And away again. <laughs> we have a check, stock check. Check my pockets. <laughs> but we all have. We're a lot older than you, and uh, uh, it's uh, it's fa- It's good to start the journey when you are. I, that's that's my biggest. You know, I suppose the next question: What's your biggest proudest moment? I I regret so much. Not doing all that stuff in my thirties. There was nothing about my thirties that I regret. We partied hard, and and I suppose it kind of prepared me for the next step, which mm. is my forties. Um, nearly the end. I'm at least honest about my age, <laughs> but there's to pick yourself up after getting to a stage where I, ne- you know, I I really ne- really was at a stage in my own weight where I believed this is unfixable. Mm. And one day I got up and I thought, no, that is not unfixable. And that is something to be proud of because there was nothing 
to suggest that it was fixable because it wasn't. Huh. And I just did it. And I will do it again. Or I'm doing it again. <laughs> and that's the problem. Relapse is part of, of behavioural change. Yeah. So, suck it up, Duffy. <laughs> suck it up, Duffy. <laughs> I like that. Um, and it is hard to say it like that at our age that are difficult to answer that question is what is your proudest achievement or your uh, proudest there's, there's so lots many. Of, mm. of, of, of great achievements you've had in life and there's been a lots of relapses as you say mm. but then when you pick yourself up again and you go to your next goal whatever it may be it's it's, it's, it's great it's a uh, great feeling and be, being goal driven as you, you end up being surrounded by other goal driven people and it's mm. just like you know I, I was actually chatting to Aaron I've mentioned him a few times tonight but we chat a lot and I was just like Jesus you know how amazing is my life a great great husband great kids great friends great job great work life balance but it's because you invest on it mm. and you surround yourself when you start training particularly you surround yourself with people who are the same, who are the yeah, same that's right you know and who love it and oh, there we are that's your wins <laughs> and at that moment that's my the <laughs> they were out of rum because right. Nicholas is earlier on there if I'm going somewhere and, and Aoife now is trying to do her three miles in between her, her speed sessions, which she does three times a week. So um, I'm, well, I'm not pushy mammies, but I'm like, well, I'm going such and such place. You can run down the same place <laughs> and back again. So Emily and her are out in the car. They've done their wee three to four mile run and uh, are patiently waiting for the mother to finish the podcast. <laughs> to hear all the bars. <laughs> to hear the crack. Um, right. Back anyway to hear myself. <laughs> You sure? And you know what? <laughs> I know I'm going to sound like a pure dairy woman, which I am. Pure proud. dairy woman, we're, proud we're dairy woman. Dairy oh, here. I love dairy. Well, apart from, uh, apart from the, apart from my wish, apart from my, my own, the dustman Burton. <laughs> you wouldn't want to love anywhere else, only in dairy. No, absolutely. And dairy people are Ireland, just yeah. Got to mention that. That, that's funny because when we were doing the strictly, the guy said, and Eddie was off racing internationally during the Strictly which is something to be to be proud of but we were both really grabbing the mic to go for Ireland you know that accent sort of started to uh, get you know uh, I feel like I'm in like a flash forward episode of Derry Gears here so <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a the Derry Gears James, James, James the gay English boy Jam <laughs> <laughs> calls me that all the time what? <laughs> We would be fighting to see who the one who could shout motherfucker the most, like, let's be honest. Uh, one last thing, we, did, we're, we have to do um, every guest that we've had on, we've, we've got them to guess what time I'll finish the racing, and then we're going to give a prize to whoever gets the closest time. So, so they're, they're, you're talking, do you know what these two are thinking? I'm actually working out what, hold on. What is the, the prize? No, <laughs> no, no, it's no. not even that, I'm not going to win the prize. I'm going to be last, but I don't care, I, I compete. Time covering I need to write it down, I need to write it down. I'll tell you what. Tell me what you're doing. I can pull up the previous, last year's finishers, times. Um, if that makes it easier. No, just give us the distances and your your best math is 420, then I'll work yeah. out that way. Right, so... Can, uh, right, can we get somebody get that's... Um, let's not, can we spot the teacher? God, you're so tedious, young <laughs> Right, so it's a half marathon. Right. Half marathon run. Right. Uh, a 15k kayak. I wouldn't have a clue. I wouldn't have a clue about kayak. Well, well, give me a look at their times. Uh, so... No, don't. That's cheating. <laughs> Go on. Well, 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 he said these are the winners. Ah, uh, well, this is the. Is this the winners? Where the time? The winners times. There's a hundred competitors. Right. Okay. Um, so do you have to get? 
Sorry. <laughs> I, I, did I tell you that about neck? Um, <laughs> the last four seconds. Right. But What's after the the, the kayak? The kayak? Uh, so what one hundred k cycle. Uh, a five k mountain climb up and down Muggish. Right. A seven uh seventy K cycle and a marathon. So there's a hundred competitors and not usually but seventeen there's usually and about a thirty percent drop out. Seventeen and a half hours. Seventeen and a half hours. Where would that put you? Hey, where would that, um, put you? that that would put me fifth, top ten. Twelve. Uh twelve. No, that, that's right. I'm gonna go I'd say for, about 23 I'm gonna go for 22 22, 22 just because I like things to we, have to, we have to go uh, down to a minute that's right. and what is the I last I think I've bought the kayak up <laughs> <laughs> what, what are they doing for the kayak kayak um, do you need volunteers do you have to supply volunteers or do they do all that no, what's, what's the time sure. here for the last uh, competitor the, not you know, as a professional marshal I'm just <laughs> bring the, the bonds I can <laughs> <laughs> Lace them. Uh, the KX <laughs> the KX between one and a half. Oh, and that's two why I see. I put forty-five minutes. Forty-five minutes. Right. right between one and a half. Nineteen then. Nineteen. Yeah. Well, we're actually we we give everyone two guesses because uh, we had the race organizer on one of the podcasts and he said the weather will play a massive part oh, on the day. Uh, the so conditions. It's all about the conditions. The conditions. As well. yeah. So you get two guesses: uh, favorable conditions and not so favorable oh, okay. conditions. Okay. Well, I'd say 23 hours. On a good day or a bad day? Oh, I thought of you now. <laughs> <It's not. laughs> right. Um, on a bad day, 23 and a good day, 21. 23 and 21. I'm going to go for 22, 22 and a good day. 24, 24 and a bad day. 24 hours, 24 minutes? Yeah. Well, the cutoff's 24 hours. Okay, so. 23 to 59. <laughs> 23. <laughs> right, I'm going 19... 99? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not 91 seconds. <laughs> 1941. Yeah. And. She is so full of badness. <laughs> 22, 22. Right. Well, uh, Hold on, I said 22, 22. No, you didn't, did you? Yeah, I said 22, 22, 23. Jesus, guys, why did you just. 22, 23. Right. <laughs> Round it up to the hour. Uh, nine, 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 I'll, uh, we're Whatever in contact with the risk organisation. No, I, I'm, I'm just, if it's in, it's in Dungal, isn't it? Yeah. I just, I know someone who'd like to, to, to do that or would to help out. Hey. Danny Quigley. Well, um, good luck with it anyway. And help. thank you for having us on. Yeah, uh, thank no, you very much. Brilliant. Thanks for coming on. I, I know, uh, um, you're good all spending your own time here coming on. So. Absolutely. Uh, um, well, good luck. Cackle, cackle. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> My old man's a dustman. Cackle, cackle. My old man's a dustman. <laughs> and I'm getting back for some husband time. <laughs> what does the uh, husbands do? You ask my wife. <laughs> Answer, answers on the back of a postage stamp. <laughs> right, thanks for coming on. Thank Cheers. you very much. Thank you and good luck. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. This has been the Coast 250k podcast. You can follow our journey online at the Coast 250k Facebook page. Instagram or AidenDollyFitness.com